creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. It's a week out Friday, February 26, 2016, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by a new sponsor, College Plus. Oh. Okay, so here's the deal. College, it's a little expensive. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, who even needs it? Yeah, I mean, it's important. It's yeah. important. Yeah. You, you, your parents, you're coming up, you, you know, your sophomore, your junior, your, your parents are pressuring you. You've got to, society is pressuring you. Get You've got to go back, to college. Dad. Yeah. So you got to do it. Right. it it's, yeah. it's, it's a pathway to a better life. Mm-hmm. You have to go into huge amounts of debt to get there, though. Yeah. That's the problem. That's yeah. my problem with it. So so it's a nightmare. I mean, it's actually a major issue on our oh, economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, here we go. So what if there was a better way? Well, what if you could earn college credit on your own schedule without going into debt from anywhere in the world and then transfer that college credit into the college of your choice and then graduate in just two or three years? More than 10,000 students from every state and 23 countries have been able to save more than $24,000 on their college degrees at the school of their choice by using College Plus. You can earn credit before enrolling in college, which allows you to save a huge amount of time and money while having a flexible schedule. Can I ask you follow-up questions about Please this? Please do. Yeah. What do questions. you... Yeah, okay, Shawna, you go, because your questions are probably better. Uh, well, uh, how soon can, uh, can we start? Because I have a nine-year-old yeah. <laughs> who is really excited to go to the University of Michigan. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure okay. that information is at collegeplus.org. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, oh, they have a website. Yeah, they do, yes. Is, is your nine-year-old planning on playing football there? Yeah. Uh, he's not. He's not. He's planning on being uh, an illustrator and a writer. Um, but he does wear his Michigan sweatshirt and his Michigan hat every day, and he sleeps in the hat. Awesome! Oh, cool. that's yeah, awesome. It's that's a thing. That's a real thing. <laughs> so, so you kind of so what? What is it like? It's, where are the cla- are the, where are the classes? Yeah, it's like an online so, thing. Yeah, so oh. you get a free. You can get a free college hacking starter kit by going to collegeplus.org/relevant. Mm-hmm. The starter kit will show you how to avoid going into debt with student loans, cut the time it'll take to earn your degree in half, and earn six credits in two weeks for just a hundred bucks. No, yeah. wow, yeah, it's pretty That's cool, crazy. right? So there that you go. Is... So go to collegeplus.org/relevant and uh, check That's it out. That's a great idea. It's a huge yeah. thing. There you go. Well, I'm flabbergasted. I, know. I have nothing else we to say. We are. Yeah. I, was, I thought this was something totally different, but I've learned yeah. something new today. Look, yeah. look at our sponsors. You can see better. Yeah. You can look better. Harry's. Yeah. You can eat better with uh, HelloFresh. Hello yeah. Hello. And now you can get smarter well, yeah. with the great courses and with uh, collegeplus.org. It, we, liter- we, we literally have every base covered. Yeah. Except for your spiritual life. We got you covered. Yeah. That we cannot help you with. <laughs> I, I don't even know where we could turn. <laughs> Regularly listening to this podcast probably actually is detrimental. Yeah. That, but, uh, you need to prop that up with some Tim Keller or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hope it, yeah, get a sermon in every week just to counterbalance. But. That is really interesting. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studio, Eddie Big Cat Coffles. Cameron, nice to see him. We got some stuff we got to talk about in a minute. Uh, on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Jeremiah Dunlap. Great to be here. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carrie. Hello, hello. And all the way from the tundra of Chicago, Illinois, author and speaker, Shauna Nequist. Good morning. Who looks Thanks. just uh, word pictures? 
Yeah. Uh, she looks like uh, Socality Barbie mm-hmm. today. Yep. Yes, she yep, does. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's your Socality Barbie look. Kind of like flat blonde hair, looking cool, part in the middle with big, bulky black glasses. Yeah. Just, Donna, uh, what, what's your opinion of that compliment? Yeah. I, again, it's, uh, it's not... There are two other compliments that I routinely get that are a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, from us? Number Number one is um, I've met your we've we've been through this before. Number one is uh, I've met your parents. Your mom is beautiful. You look just like your dad. Oh, and your dad is very handsome. So they should. I would say beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, I would say beautiful. Not do like his face. When I think Bill Hybels, I don't think leadership or large churches. Mm -hmm. I think beautiful. What a a beautiful Dutch man in his 60s. That's what every woman wants to look like, right? Your mom is so beautiful. You look like your dad. Look just like your dad. Gracious, that Uh, is backhanded. This is getting into a whole different can of worms, but I do, I I think people mean it to be really nice, but they say, you could totally be a plus size model. (gasps) Oh. I think I... Oh, this no. is not something I want to talk about with you, person. What? And I think you think this is nice, and it kind of, I, it's got a lot there. It's not It's not yeah. as nice as people think it is. I, 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 you just punch them straight in the mouth. I am, fl- <laughs> I am flabbergasted. Yeah, I can't believe somebody would say that. It's almost like asking somebody if they were pregnant, and they're not. I mean, right. yeah. you just don't. Well, and this but, is, and it's so, it's so, not a applicable. To I, you. I just I don't even care. I just don't like body comments. Yeah, like totally, totally. G- great plus size model, hey. not plus size model, tall, short. I don't just don't talk about it. Just say totally. hi. It's nice to meet you. I really like Saver. It changed my life. Totally. Can we take we a picture? A, we have a guy friend who says the only compliments he's ever comfortable giving to women are ones that address the neck up. Oh, so he'll be like, "I like your glasses. I like your eyebrows. I like your hair." But you yeah. cannot get him to say like. And, I like your pants. Right. Not looking your pants. That's all. That's all we. That's all we get of you on the show. I yeah, actually don't. You kind of just look like a, uh, the brain from Ninja Turtles. Totally. We yeah. just hear this. Actually, nothing. I have actually no physical self. Or it's like head. it's like Futurama, where the heads are that's in jars. Right. No, that's better. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Futurama. That's a little less um, super weird. Yeah, way less super weird. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a great show in store for you uh, today. Coming up later, we talk to one of our favorite new artists, Gallant, is so doing good. this. Yeah, and and uh, we also invite the uh, some the editorial crew back here to talk about the newest issue of Relevant, which is coming out next week. So oh, yes. you guys get a first look behind the scenes at uh, what's coming up. It's a fun issue. Yeah. That's coming up later. Very fun. Uh, but uh, first, what everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, I, right. I feel like, like even before the show, we were all just silent, just waiting. Yeah. All right. I'm pretty excited. What, yeah. what happened was... How do we do this? This past weekend, uh, podcast uh, <laughs> legend Joy Egrichich... Got married <laughs> wow, it's... to Matt Reed. Yeah. And uh, Jeremiah and I and Eddie, Eddie. and Jesse all went to Portland. Mm-hmm. They had plus ones. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, Eddie, and we went there for the wedding. And Eddie and Jesse emceed the reception. That's so right. we now have, just like every year when we go to Lollapalooza, we, we have a <laughs> recap episode. Yeah. It is now time for. We went to Joy's wedding this weekend. And now we're telling Sean. Really happy about that jingle. Another. I'm so excited because I couldn't go, and I've been like waiting and waiting. Like, well, yeah. I almost thought pictures, about pictures, tell me stories, all the things. Yeah, I was wait. I thought about like texting you a couple little funny anecdotes. And I thought, no, we're gonna save it for the like show. Radio save for the silence. Show. You've just been making me wait forever. I, Eddie, we, Eddie left it all out on the floor. Let yeah. me just really? say that before we <laughs> I don't listen. Even know so, what do you let, mean by that? Let's set this <laughs> up. Let's set this up. Okay. I mean, we're jumping to the end. Okay. So let's set this up. So uh, the wedding was in downtown Portland. 
beautiful. It was in a, in a beautiful old cathedral. Like the, the like, ceremony was in yeah. just a iconic, beautiful yeah. Presbyterian church yeah. downtown. Very traditional yeah. in every way. Um, Joy actually walked down the aisle to an unexpected song. It was uh, Rise Up by Andre Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Pref- performed Day. live, right? Performed live. It was, yeah. it was beautiful. Beautiful. Moving. Yeah. Uh, Joy's father did the ceremony. Can we talk about that for a second? Oh, my gosh. So, did he walk her down the aisle as uh-huh. well? So he walks her down the aisle. There's a, pr- the, a priest there that I guess was like Matt's... Uh, uh-huh. Priest, or, uh, priest, maybe it's Anglican. I don't really know. Sorry, he had a collar on, so there's that. Just to <laughs> right. give you a visual, a, a man of the cloth. Yeah. Right. So he, that that guy kind of starts things, asks, you know, who gives this woman to be married to this man? Then the dad says, you know, mom and I do, and then he switches roles and is now standing, kind of like wrestlers when they tap the tag team. It yes. was almost exactly like, like tap, that. And then he jumped in off the rope. But <laughs> I will tell you, I mean, because you wonder, like, how could a dad like officiate? And he did it just exactly like. Could, like even the first word was like it is an honor <laughs> totally, <laughs> to be, like totally. he never cried but his voice just went dim but it was like beautiful and thoughtful and great it was it was really something <laughs> I I think, could it. you do that for your girls would you be just a disaster uh, absolutely not like if they asked i would somehow yeah. summon the courage but it would also be like we're just gonna have to have a couple musical breaks so that i can just <laughs> sit down and just weep and weep i did not know how he did it but it was very sweet did you eddie did you cry Oh, did I cry? I don't. I don't think so. Maybe. No, not really. Not like openly wailing. Yeah, right. But you know, there may have been a little tear. Yeah. The yeah. ceremony, but all I say, the ceremony was beautiful. Very beautiful. And then uh, leading up to it, I mean, we were there for a day or two prior, and uh, yeah. and 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 I saw. Jesse, I mean, like Jesse and Dana and I that morning uh, went out to the Nike headquarters and got tour and all that stuff. We're having fun, whatever. And then I could see when that was done, and it was like, okay, now home stretch. The wedding is the next thing on the daily agenda. Mm -hmm. I could see Jesse at lunch. (laughs) Starting to get in his own head. Well, can I can I speak so, to that? We all meet up after that, right? right? At this yeah, at yeah. this lunch place, and so it's like. But, but 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 just for more context, I'm talking at this point. We Eddie and I, because it was like maybe one o'clock, and the wedding is at four thirty. Right. So I mean, we're it, it's like. You know, it's good any, any procrastination up right. to this point, which right. you had yeah. because you were thinking, oh, man, that morning when we we're driving out to Nike, I'll finish writing some of the jokes. I'll, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. Like you had I, work I to do I would still. have more time plenty, than I did. Plenty yeah. left to write at that point. Yeah. Because then, you know, I, I don't take very long to get ready, but it's like I'm not going to go there in the street clothes I've been wearing all day. No, right. I get that. No. Yeah. So so we all meet up for this lunch. Yeah. Brianne, yeah, Dana, everybody's there, right? We're yeah. all at a place called Lardo. 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 Which is where you want to eat before speaking in front of it's, you're eating clean. You're feeling light. Right. And Jesse, right. literally everything in the place was made by uh, it was some sort of ham dish. It was mm-hmm. like all right. and one lone vegetarian including, burger, including the fries, which had pork belly in the fries. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Eddie, what did you have? Like a piece of paper? No, no, no. <laughs> they had a eat? vegetarian burger, and we had we you know we go off of veganism a little bit when we travel because okay. we don't want to like miss the great parts of you know the country. Of, and, of and, and I'll say this yeah. for me, yeah. that was a bonus. I mean, you know, I guess other people may say like carrots or spinach or whatever weird rabbit food for me <laughs> if i can eat pork fat that's brain food yeah, yeah. you which, know what i mean which like i'm I'm, yeah. I'm i'm getting it just it's just a lot of animal protein that's going to carry me through the night so that was Straight fine the, the meal yeah. itself was delicious yeah. but I'll jesse's first food. words when i walk it's like hey jess he's like hey man are we gonna start talking about this I'm like <laughs> all right yeah. i just literally see him like in the car ride on the way yeah. to lunch Jesse just goes from happy, jovial Jesse. We just had a memorable trip yeah, to Nike, awesome. and he just starts getting his own. But this head. is like, uh, okay, was, he, was he just like he was before yes, the relevant exactly. life? Yes, show, before yes. the Nickelback. It's the song? only other time I've seen it him exactly, like this. Exactly. Is, That's that, what I'm picturing. Yes, exactly We're all what like, it was. Hey, this is 
Jesse's like, whoa, no. Yeah. Just a little quiet. Well, well a little to, be in his fair, head. Yeah. to be fair, I was the only one who had to do a humiliating Nickelback performance. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was fully expecting that at, at Joy's uh, reception, he was going to have a whole bunch of video clips that he was going to play. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what he was doing at the live show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and you know what? They killed. <laughs> so we have our lunch. Then we go, and Jesse and I go and do a little last-minute writing, and we kind of plow through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I feel, I, I coming into it, I feel pretty good. Like, yeah, yeah you're the, great. Through the ceremony, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the ceremony, you know? Yeah. But in my mind, then, I'm just trying to make sure our material is sharp. So we get there. The, the ceremony's at 4.30, right. normal length wedding, right. you know, a little bit of a break, and then we head no over to the, the reception. Yeah. venue and the reception venue is like in this cool warehouse part of downtown portland and it's converted and exposed wood beams and yeah. you know cool lights and stuff what yeah. you'd expect yeah cool. industrial modern beautiful on the inside yeah. and uh, and then it kicks off let me just say when the when it ended yeah so do the timeline 4 30 wedding a little yeah. break and then whatever we the, the the official end to the reception right. was midnight. Mm-hmm. Midnight. But then there was an after party <laughs> that was part That's, of it. See, I think for me, you know, maybe like leading up to it, I was a little, you know, I was a little, you know, tighter in the zone. Yeah. Prep, you know, yeah. prepping. Yeah, yeah. Game, I call it game face. Game yeah. face is on. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think, you know, maybe it was because Eddie came in pretty loose, which was a good thing. Yeah. That uh, you know something happened because I saw him Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. okay. Yeah. Monday morning, and granted, Eddie didn't go to the after party. Right? No, no he no. tapped out. He tapped out at, at midnight. Twelve fifteen is when the Uber showed up and took us back to our hotel. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I don't know what time, Cameron. We got back to our place, About but it was probably two, around two thirty. Two thirty. Yeah. And two thirty, which is five thirty a.m. to us East Coasters who had yeah. yet converted. And, and, yeah. and it's two thirty a.m. West Coast. Like it's yeah. very late. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, Eddie. <laughs> Sorry we're, to yell we're, about this. We're, we're we're all adults, and we came in town for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so so that morning, like uh, you know, Monday morning, I, Dana and I couldn't sleep late because we're still on East Coast time. Right. So we went out and got some breakfast, did right. some gift shopping for our parents who were watching our kids or whatever. And we get back to the hotel. We, we chilled out it's in like, the room for like an hour. Yeah, it's and lunch TV. time now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then we're like, all right, well, we'll, we'll head down and, and meet up with, with everyone and head to the airport. Yeah. I get on the elevator and I open the door. I literally, huh? <laughs> I see. I am greeted he is with not the sliding a, open no. doors by a corpse of a man. Yeah. <laughs> and that man was Eddie. Yeah. And, and I was like, uh, I was like, how are you feeling, man? He goes, um, uh, um, uh, I'm going to meet up with everyone. I, uh, I was like, Eddie, have you been out of the room yet? It's 1130. No, no, I'm just not. Um. I, I actually said to you, man, it was just like a lot of talking last night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so all I have to say is, Cameron, when you don't eat the pork fat beforehand, when yeah. you don't gorge yourself <laughs> with oh, greasy meat, the pork when fat you sustains you. When, yeah. when you d- see, it's like it's like if you're driving a car, you want to downshift a little before yeah. you before you hit the accelerator again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I had to downshift gears before I ramp back up. Look what happened to Eddie. Well, he nearly killed himself. I, I, well, <laughs> I'll say this about... And before we have any conspiracy theories, it was not any sort of morning after, like, 
I was fine in that respect. It was purely <laughs> like I cannot talk to another person, including Sweet Brienne, who just went and walked around Portland for a while as I just, <laughs> as I just laid on the bed and read you, the like, paper. Threw her out of the room. No, no, but she was like, "Hey, you want to go on a walk with me, or just stay here?" And I was like, "Eddie stays here." <laughs> he stayed. He stayed. Like he called it a relatively early night. I mean, it's, yeah. You know, so, yeah. So 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 thank. So I okay. think the reason why Eddie was so uh, spent. <laughs> Is because he really, I'm going to say just my own observation between the, you know, when there's always a, an abbot to a Costello, there's a, yeah. there's a, there's a guy who like steps right into the front and center yeah. and the guy who does the zingers. Yeah. Eddie took the lead. Yeah. On the night, and 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 there was a lot of lead that needed to be taken because, <laughs> yeah, woo, some of the stuff that was planned, it was one of the most elaborate, elaborate, creative, joy esque reception extravaganzas you could just, ever imagine. Just walk through the quick timeline. The, the photos that I did see, which were not very many. Uh, I have a lot of follow-up questions. So we'll start at the beginning, and we have we have a couple of clips as we go through the night. What you're going to hear is audio that Jeremiah recorded on his cell phone right. yeah. um, okay. as a backup. We might be able to get better audio from right. the video team, but right. we don't know if we will by Friday. But um, so so the the it's it all kicked off with the guys introing the the bridal party. Right. Uh, this is some of the comedy That's that Jesse was having to write. Seven oh five. So there's 300 people there. These two guys. So, of the 300 people in the room, 296 of them don't know who these two guys are. Yeah, Jesse's right. dressed yeah. like a waiter. They so think they he's just, a waiter. He, do, he was dressed like a waiter. Okay, that, okay that's okay. what I... Okay, that's what I, I, I... This is another thing I have to say, Okay, Eddie. okay, listen. <laughs> we were specifically, specifically instructed told. to <laughs> wear bow ties. Joy told us. <laughs> yes. We, yeah, like I said, you know, she's having... I wanted to respect the bride's request. She wanted to lo- he wanted to love and respect the bride's request. Yeah, yeah. I, and I feel like that's the reasonable thing. Thing to do so I, at, at lunch i'm like you got your bow tie and it's like i'm not wearing a bow tie no way i'm not doing that i need a slimming vertical line no yeah, that's exactly right <laughs> what am i gonna do so just like, like an animal so like eddie you're so you're leaving me up there as the bow tie guy yes like, yes i am context I'm, like, not wearing a bow. I'm not i'm not like because what kind of guy wears the bow tie without like a reason to wear the bow tie right. i literally i i yeah, look now people like think you're that guy yeah no the, your well, problem like your problem head. jesse was that you wore a black bow tie well all wore, the groom when we're wearing bow ties, but they had on tuxes. Right. So uh, Jesse comes in his little H and M sports blazer, gray, and Char- gray, like, with his shiny black bow tie and his white dress shirt. So he really did look like a. And he's just I a like, waiter. I look like the guy who was freaking over the the valet parking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. passing yeah. out appies before him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, I look like I look like I was I was worked in the, on the catering staff thanks to Eddie. So so let's let's start with that. So three hundred well. people are in the room, and all of a sudden this <laughs> oh guy and one of the caterers walks up on stage to introduce themselves. <laughs> yeah, so my name is Jesse Carey. Uh, a lot of you probably know me as Jesse Love Carey. And this is my partner, Eddie Respect Cockholtz. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. back there. As we get started, I need to tell you a few things about the night. This is going to be... This, this is a big night. Eddie and I are your official captains yeah. on a carnival cruise, all-inclusive, and we've set the quadrants, the three miles, the international lawless waters of Saturday night. Let's talk about maritime law for a second. Okay? There was lawlessness 
in this room tonight. Anything goes tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever you want to do. You want to make a mistake? Don't worry about it. You want to lose? <laughs> so we're actually in front of people at this at, point. At this point, at this point, I can't see Joy's dad, but I can feel him. Re- I can feel the regret that right. he has. He came <laughs> up on stage soon thereafter to uh, give context of who these two hooligans are. Right. But the uh, they then right after introducing themselves, they introduced the bridal party, right. which. Timing. It was there so, wasn't as much of a rehearsal. No, it was so good. So, <laughs> well, I, I, here's the thing. I, I still don't feel like people. I'll be so, honest. There were a lot of rude people in attendance who just weren't giving us the attention we needed for these jokes to land. These jokes are, are they were intricately so crafted. They were okay? so good. Intricate. Okay, what you want? Chatting. What you want in a big group scenario where you're trying to still get people to sit down and pay attention, what you want is very intricately crafted long jokes. Thank you. Thank you. So they're introducing the bridal party, and uh, here's the visuals that you need to see when you're listening to this is, you know, Jesse, you'll hear Jesse saying an intro for the bridal party or person or the whatever. What you need to realize is it's like the introductions at the beginning of a basketball game where, like, you know, they're saying, and forward from... And by that point the players already in midcourt you know what i mean they just start right. running and they they were and, then, and that is the players so fault. they're already out there right. and the guy the announcer still saying his name for a while just okay. and also joy just to be, or shauna just to be clear it's 706 right now in the timeline <laughs> yeah. so, of everything we've been talking about so so okay, okay, so okay. what you're about to we hear is five hours ago just realize <laughs> real time just realize that you're going to hear jesse talking for a certain period of time yeah and for Four-fifths of that period of time, the bridesmaid had already come all the way out and didn't know what he was doing. Eddie, did we not have a discussion prior to this with the wedding? I'm, I'm not pointing fingers. With, I, no, I will point fingers to everybody but us. <laughs> we talked about exactly what we were going to do. Said, we said you pause and you wait and you do a turn and right. then you go. But you know what? It, you know, I feel like in the heat of the battle, I just you know we, we was, couldn't we couldn't throw out the game plan yeah. at that point. Yeah. This we're was our this moment. Thing. This was this was us. This was the comedic high point of the night. Here we go. In a way. She runs an unlicensed dog kennel comprised of more than six dozen stray lads the city still has no idea about. Liz, the dog whisperer of Bohannon. <laughs> and take a look at this guy. Does his lower body look familiar? I think it does. He was the face of Bugle Boy jeans, spalding shoes, and of course, Cherokee denim. Ladies and gentlemen, David, the mannequin cops and look at him. You should say these are all True facts, their mothers sent them to us. Yes, looking handsome, David, as always. <laughs> All right, next up we have, after a self-explanatory experience in 1997, Emily was the original inspiration for the made-for-TV film Home Alone 4, Taking Back the House, Emily, the wet bandit, Preston. Come on in, Emily. Also, I'm pleased to introduce tonight the mother of all things bass. He literally once ate an entire school of premature sea bass on a dare and was hospitalized for more than a month. He's facing lawsuit by the Orton Game Wardens Association. Ladies and gentlemen, have a big mouth, Pesto! Nice to see you, Bob. True story. Right into the ground. Next one, true fact. Jesse, go ahead. From the katana blade to the butterfly. She knows over two dozen knife handling maneuvers. We're proud to introduce Stephanie the Swiss Blade Toll. Stephanie, so good to see you. They're all true. For reasons that involve a business 
Steele gone mad with a mysterious group of Chinese investors. He's been living off the grid for more than a year until things get cooled off. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter, the Lone Shark, Andrew. Welcome back. The thing that you also don't realize yeah. is that there uh, was maybe 50 tables. Yeah, great jokes there, by the way. And uh, one of the tables was dying laughing, and that was us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because we, we got it, and we're relishing how unbelievably oblivious everybody else was to what you guys we, were doing. We were literally just, if I just was locked in a closet just screaming jokes, that's exactly <laughs> what was happening. It just, I came back to the table, and I... It was I, amazing. I, 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 I asked Dana, I was like, is there audio problems or something? Because I'm not hearing laughing. <laughs> are they hearing me right? right. Do it, I need to talk to the sound guy? If, if, are, they're obviously not hearing what we're saying. It was saying. sort of a visual medium to maybe what happens during the podcast. Right. Like, people yeah. are listening when you all are talking, and then when Jesse and I start going, it's like, oh, okay, let's go get another drink and grab an appetizer, and we're back. You're the back! Listen to me! You yeah. shut your mouth! You shut it! I, I, am, a, I am a podcaster! This is is exactly why this is a good medium for you guys because right. the person who's choosing to listen right. is doing only that. <laughs> right. They're, they're choosing listening. to listen. Right. You have their undivided attention right now. Right. Great jokes. In a room of 300 people where there's where there's uh, drinks and food and and and, and little uh, like nacho bars and like little happening. things all around. Uh, did you say nacho bar? There was a yeah, nacho, nacho bar. bar. There were. What? Do you want to hear about the food real quick? Yeah. Yeah. So in the back selection of like really good Portland Oregon beers mm-hmm. and wine and then to the left a nacho bar so you could go get some pre-nachos I, I make my own nachos yep. or uh, yes 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 it's like all the different things which I like because the guacamole was like flowing you know what I mean because usually <laughs> yeah. when they make the nachos for you it's a little dabble but no plenty right. nachos and then people well, walking it was ar- flowing on your plate <clears throat> right yeah. right right and then people walking around with uh, like little um you know, little things on crackers, little uh, shrimp things. Yeah, people walking around, hors d'oeuvres are being served but, but, throughout but, the room. But the, the the point that Eddie's trying to make plenty is of food for pre-game. reasons that are beyond me. And they beyond. were serving food while Eddie and I were on stage. Yeah, at that <laughs> point. Yeah, I mean, because I look like the head of the catering staff, I probably <laughs> I probably could have put a halt to that. In hindsight, I would have told them to take their seats immediately or yeah. be removed from the event. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, it, People were distracted. That's all I'm saying. They were hungry. Yeah. It was dinner time. They were more focused on eating than listening to some of the the most brilliant jokes they were going to hear in a long time. Their loss, not mine. In retrospect, I would have had an MC for the MC. So somebody that called everyone to attention so that we could MC. Kind of like they had the pastor for the pastor for the ceremony. Yeah. That's exactly Exactly. right. I would have like a pre-MC. Yeah. Because there was some just great jokes there. Yeah, uh, and that I feel like that we're, we're just lost, lost, just lost to eternity now. Lost to eternity. However, yeah. uh, we did, we did it. So and then, and then uh, the big announcement of Joy and Matt, they come out, mm-hmm. um, and then the typical dances. For, well, for, yeah, first dance, Joy and Matt come out and do the first dance. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't a normal. We don't have a clip of this, so okay. we can feel free to describe yeah. it. Yeah. So the first dance was they were going to do a, like a regular kind of like. I don't know what the song was. It was like one of those like a Frank Sinatra like old song. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. they do a lovely little thing and about a little li- rocking back and forth. It was like typical. two minutes and thirty three seconds in, and we know this because we were told in emails like this was going to happen. He dips her, then we stop it, and we just go wait, wait, wait. This is like boring, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like we're supposed to interrupt it and say, "Didn't you guys do like all this fun, uh, dirty dancing stuff in your wedding video?" and 
so we did that and then the dirty dancing song comes on and they do the first minute and a half pretty convincingly of the dirty dancing thing to yeah. which she also does the lift which you may have seen i think you posted a picture yeah. of it, i did Cameron. see a picture of the lift yes. yes so the lift is then just up and rotates her around the room and, yeah. and several of the groomsmen help support right right yeah. yeah so it's like three men doing the dirty dancing hoist right of joy. it was very sweet actually it was very great yeah it was wonderful this is like new trend in weddings i feel like i know back back in the dark ages when i got married you just like you know swayed back and forth to a billy joel song and no one cared and then you danced with your dad and then everyone danced if or if you're eddie if you're eddie it's crashing to be dave matthews band obviously and it's me singing and brianne has been asked to sit down (laughs) so i can have my moment that's not true no 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 shauna that's not true sorry and so yeah you know every wedding tends to have those i didn't i tapped out of my mother groom dance because i right. we were both like and it's your wedding you get to we just you. gave ourselves a gave her a hug and, yeah i will yeah, say yeah. that was the first time i ever out. danced with my mom at my own wedding yeah, i was that, like why why am i doing this yeah, right now this is messed up i'm i'm a little too close i'm gonna dance with my mom so <laughs> this is how the mc uh eddie uh introduces <laughs> the one of the dances no regrets matt and his mom up for the mother son <laughs> mother mother boy classic arrested development joke that's why they brought me there yeah I, just what someone wants to hear on one of those unforgettable moments in their life the other thing is when when this is this was unexplained to and and maybe eddie i never asked you about it that evening so i would love to get some clarity here is when it was time for for joy's father emerson yeah to come up and <laughs> bless the food. Yeah. Okay. Now, mind you, I don't know why I did. Mind this. you, <laughs> I was there was a couple of moments in my head that were very interesting to me. My, mind you, you know they they, they you know run a a a prominent, very Christian, you know. Uh, you know, monotheistic re- uh, ministry. <laughs> and now I got to preface this whole thing by saying I asked Joy and ran a few real yeah. deep jokes by Joy. Right. Like, hey, what if I actually said this? And she laughed. She's like, oh, no, that'd be great. And then I would follow up with her, like, usually via text and was like, hey, we weren't having like jokey times. Like, yeah. I would actually, like, this is the tone, right? And I, she's I, like, oh, yeah, the more absurd and the more funny, the better. Sure. I'm like, cool. But you got to remember about the context. Please, please. Please understand this. <laughs> Super formal wedding. Everybody's dressed f- like dressed up. This yes, isn't yeah. a Portland quirky <laughs> wedding. Right. Uh, like the lighting is beautiful. The flowers are beautiful. This is a, a very well done, beautiful, intentional wedding. That Joy told me. That then Joy <laughs> thought it'd be hilarious if she had two of her buddies up there farting around and saying weird stuff. <laughs> so they're the only people that are not like normal, good wedding stuff. Right? <laughs> but, Eddie, can you please, I don't know if Cameron, you even had the clip, but Eddie, can you please tell the listeners how you introduce the prayer? Oh, Actually, man. I do have a clip of that. Oh, Here, my here's gosh. Eddie introducing oh, Joy's no. dad. An ordained minister praying over his daughter's reception dinner. To pray for our food and to pray to you know their gods to for our food. (laughs) 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 Sure. (laughs) So Emerson and Sarah, if you come up, pray for him and forgive any things that he says tonight. (laughs) 
I got, I got, I got one or two laughs. That was all our table. No, that was our table. He's <laughs> recording it from our table. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Your yeah, friends good. were trying to help y'all out. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Why would you do it's that? Like, yeah. It's like when uh, Jerry was trying to bomb uh, his stand up, and Kramer was trying to help him out and prop him up. He's laughing at cancer jokes. Right. That was yeah. us. Yeah, we I'd were, say that was pretty accurate. We were trying to be your pre-recorded laugh track, and it did not go. Did well. not yeah. work. Yeah. So, anyway. so then they thought we were in cahoots, and so uh, we were getting the stairs. So yeah, anyway, that's yeah. fine. Um, the but the, I would say probably the most memorable part of the night. Yeah. Not. Not the wedding itself. Just right. by the Not, way, we're at seven twenty right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. You think? Yeah. Oh, no. yeah. I mean, the prayers and all that stuff is, at the beginning. Okay. I haven't eaten yet. Well, you know, and then but then you know, there's typically toasts. There's a couple of toasts. Yeah. The, right. like the two, best, the, three, yeah, sure. four. Maybe you think four, maybe. I, I mean, sometimes say, each each family member, you know, you have mom and dad of each, and then oh, I'm sure, and then, and then the maid of honor and the best man. Right. Yeah. So yeah. typically four. How many would you guess, Shauna? I, I, I think that's too many. I would say three. How about two, two? I feel good about two. How about drumroll, please, Cameron? Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen toasts what? that night. Yes. Uh, yeah. We we after a while we started being aware that they were going on for a while as just attendees yeah. and uh, unaware that there were thirteen. Yeah. So we started a stopwatch. Yeah. Right. Uh, the toasts. <laughs> lasted for an hour and 40 minutes. Mm. Okay. Now, let me give some... Well, was this like an open mic situation? No, 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 no. Pre-planned. Pre-planned. We had got many, many emails about it. I knew exactly what was happening. So the idea was there would be like the few main toast, mom and dad, mom and dad, bride, you know, like a maid of honor, or I guess it was maid of honor or whatever. And then everybody would just kind of like the party would continue and some people were going to get up and they would get like three minutes apiece to say like lovely things about them or just like funny little things or anecdotes. And so it would be sort of like this... All kind of happening popcorn, yeah. together at yeah. the same time, which I guess it did because people continued to eat and but, continued but to get. But the three minutes turned into twelve minutes each, mm-hmm. and it turned into an hour forty minutes total. And some people had audio video presentations. I mean, it was it was a whole thing. Now that being said, she was sitting there smiling and laughing the whole time, and it wasn't yeah. even like a fake smile. Joy no. was loving it. She Matt was, was loving, loving it. it. They were loving it. They were so loving that it. was like, and that's what it's all about at the right. end. Of the yeah. day. Yeah. Well, they, we're there for them. So so it, it went on from there. Uh, it was a beautiful night. It was a fun night. So then they had this uh, uh, planned moment that Joy had constructed where everybody who came to the reception, 300 people, had to bring white tennis shoes. White tennis shoes. White sneakers. St- supposed to happen at 9 o'clock. And we're at 10 o'clock at this point. Yeah. Oh, we were past 10. And, and, and for Eddie, this is very concerning because he has a hard bedtime of 1235. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie's, Eddie's at this point nervously watching his watch. Yeah. And, and so the, he's changing to his jammies. He's ready to go. It's kind of a phase just, one, phase two <laughs> moment where you have the traditional reception mm-hmm. with a couple of little, you know, guys doing cracking jokes on stage. Right. And then there's going to be a thing. We're wrapping that part of it. Everybody right now, put on your white sneakers. DJ hit the beat, and then the right. bass drops, it, and everybody hits the dance floor with their white it, sneakers it, on. It was more than that, though. It was Joy and Matt come out wearing re- their regular shoes. Then they are like presented They're presented by their bridesmaids and groomsmen, who then do a dance around them that's, oh, that's choreographed. Right. They do a big choreographed dance. They do a choreographed yep. dance. At the end of it, at the end of the choreographed dance, they, the, like, the thing is they hold up these white shoes, one for each pair of them. The, their white shoes have like a ring of lights around the soles. Then, the, then Joy and Matt are then sitting down in a chair, and they present these white shoes to Joy and Matt, then put it on, 
And then it's turned down for what from our 10th anniversary show, which right. I thought was very sensitive about them. Right. So <laughs> the white shoes go on, turn down for what turns on, and it just explodes and glow in the middle. And, and glow sticks. That's right. I remember, we've all been so sitting fun. down, uncomfortable for about three hours. Three so hours. we're ready to stretch our legs. Right, right. And it was a blast. And there was a photo booth, and everybody, so everybody danced. I mean, that dance floor was packed. Yeah. I had a great time. And, um, and Cameron, then, did you dance? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, Cameron danced. We all danced. We had yeah. glow sticks. There we was, were going. It was great. We danced enough that we all knew well enough to put our cameras away. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know I what I mean? In the night where you're all like, hey, 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 look around, guys. Hey, this is all it's us right over. now. This yeah. doesn't go outside. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What we're going to do Secret stays right here. This is a safe place. There, yeah. was a, uh, there was a unicorn head floating around, like mm-hmm. a, just a, a mask. That confused me. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of people were wearing it. I have a picture. Well, with... It was on the prop table for the photo booth. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So yeah, there yeah. was a lot of like those sticks with famous people's faces, you know, the head size things. And then there was like, you know, various photo booth accoutrements. And then a big head mask of a unicorn right. yeah. that somebody had grabbed early, early and had just been wearing throughout the night. Oddly, my boss at IJM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mike Hogan walking around. I, I think him. I made a comment to him at one yeah. point because uh, yeah. um, he wasn't wearing it during the dancing. He was just wearing it during dinner. During and his, I did not he actually it helped out a little bit because it was during the speeches. And at one point, he's just standing there with a unicorn head on watching everything. I was like, that's not pretty funny. It was very unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> so um, people are dancing with the unicorn head. Everything's happening. It's great. And it goes on. I, high participation and uh, had a great time. And then they wrap it up right at midnight. Joy had it planned that a mariachi band yeah. would show up to the venue midnight at midnight and st- and play and then form a parade and walk everybody down you know six or seven blocks to a location for an after party right uh, with fun. a with a mariachi band playing Smart. in a residential area oh, yeah at midnight well we can't forget food we can't forget the food part of it though because we got to transition to dessert they do a real quick cake cutting except it was an ice cream sandwich a huge one and yeah. so they had ice cream sandwiches for everybody and also a s'mores bar yeah where like they were making like crap uh, like artisan s'mores there at yeah. like a little booth. Yeah, they were made for you. You could pick. There's a s'mores menu. Pick your flavors. They were really they good. Make them for Love you. that. I don't even and, eat and, sweets, and, and I had one of those. It was great. They were on point. Yeah. And, yeah. and just at this point, just for a mental picture, because it is, uh, you know. It's it's clo- it's closing in on midnight. Eddie is in old timey button down <laughs> silk striped pajamas <laughs> with the little Ebenezer Scrooge sleeping yeah. cap, right. and he's he's wandering around. He's very got a tired. single candle on a brass candle holder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. He's, he is very tired, yeah. and I am just asking people to leave. <laughs> go home. Quiet down, you kids. So so did you guys go on the mariachi parade? Well, I ended up driving down, but I mean, we, yeah. we ended up, but prior to the mariachi showing up, when, when we're wrapping it up, Jeremiah grabs uh, Eddie and Jesse and, uh, you know, with his phone, records a little quick post-game interview yeah. oh with the guys. Just a little recap. Which I didn't know was going on, <laughs> but you'll hear me insert myself into the conversation <laughs> that, been, that I did not know was being recorded. My favorite thing that happened now, on this whole this is This is uh, them priming the pump to get everybody to go to the after party, and we were noticing at this exact moment that the room had split. Yeah. All the grown adults were gone. Gone. And everybody who was left... We're like Joy's and Matt's friends, right? right? And so I'm just noticing this transition. We're like, literally, where are the grownups? Right. 
And I yeah. think that's the question that was in your mind. Right. Where yeah. did the grown-ups go? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the lights come on. It's time to transition to the after party. Little interview going on. I'm Maybe. excited for Jesse to have his kids grow up and not listen to The oldest person still here. Cameron, I'm looking at the room. How are you feeling, Cameron? Can you please raise your hand? I feel great. You're feeling good. Can you raise your hand if you're 40 and older? That's Brianne. I'm the oldest person in the room. We're doing it, guys. How are you feeling, Jesse? We've had a long night. Both of you guys are I feel like I could do this professionally. I feel like. I wonder the problem that I have with tonight is were we too good? That's the thing. You out, you outshone the bride. Today. I know. Okay, Jeremiah. Know. Everyone knows. Between us girls right now, and this yeah. is just you and me. Yeah. I don't even know if anybody knew Joy was here. It's, yeah. It was just me and Jesse, and that was I, it. I think Matt forgot Joy was here. Yeah. He was just laughing it was, along for the ride. It was actually kind of a bummer. We have a party parade, ladies and gentlemen. No one. No one's listening, right, Jesse? There's not a single soul listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I really, really love that whole interaction between you and Brienne. Who's yeah. the oldest yeah. person in there? Yeah. So Brie is standing there with a mic because they're live. Right. And, and she and I'm sitting there going. And I have at this point refused I said to talk. To her, I literally yeah. said to her, like, before Jeremiah started recording, I was like, look around. Like, all the grown-ups are gone. Like, am I the oldest person here? I say to your wife. To my wife. And then I walk Counselor. over to the guys, and she goes, I think you are. And I go over to, that's when the starts yeah. going on. And I'm yeah. going, guys, look, I think I'm the oldest one here. Like, I was following up on my conversation with Brie, who had then gone up to the stage. <laughs> Grabbed the microphone. Yeah, grab the mic and said... If you're 40 or over, are you whatever? And nobody raised their hand. Yeah. At which point, I'm officially I'm the, the oldest, oldest man in the room. In the yeah. room. I'd, I'd like a little sample of just Cameron yelling over and over. I'm the oldest one here. I'm never in a lot of settings. I'm never in anything around the oldest one. I yeah. love it. And yeah. then Jesse and I, you know, following up with what we thought was probably our greatest performance. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Our finest Cl- hour. Closing. Yeah. Closing uh, a night <laughs> that everyone. So we'll then they go, and at that point, Brienne is, afterwards is just like, uh, the mariachi? Are we, we go, are we going to mariachi? I was like, I already got a car. I'm already. <laughs> and she, right she was like right. super, you know, she's so sweet and she understands it. She's like, all right, here go. Yeah, let's go. That was, I think what you heard, the chaos of that last, that was five hours. Yeah, that was no. five Your hours. Your voices sound like you've been calling an auction for that, seven days. That's exactly yeah. right. Because even though they had microphones, they were yelling at full volume since <laughs> right. 6 p.m. Well, well, and, and that, that was yeah. the problem. See, the problem was it, it seemed like no one was hearing the jokes. Yeah. And the, jo- and the jokes Obviously were it amazing. The yeah. yeah, It was, I should shout them louder at these people. Yeah. yeah that's that's the secret. I, exactly. I will tell you, and I got to just say to my to my co-host, Jesse Carey, he was able to come up with those, uh, those uh, announcements, like those fake uh, I mean, he comes off the top of his head and he can almost render them in real time. Yeah. I tried for days to write one. He just was like, oh, this, oh, this person invented this and this person. How do you do it that? Was, it, it was, was much, really impressive. It was much like when he introduced the, the band during the Nickelback oh, performance, the which is the best part of that performance. <laughs> best. Well, it was exactly say, the same thing. Yeah. It was the exact same thing. He might have retread thing. some jokes. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and I, no, they, they were fresh. All they fresh, were fresh. And they were really great. I will great. say this. It is the most worthless gift anyone can be given like it's a, it's a talent that no one would want it was amazing to watch yeah. yeah i can make up weird bios on the spot cool i'm so sorry i missed it i'm having serious serious regret oh, it was man. fun it was so much fun it was a great wedding we uh yeah it was beautiful and fun and memorable so that's uh, that's all you want in a wedding and right? we love our sweet joy reed yeah i mean come on joy reed no she's married no. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. they're yeah. off in uh where are they in mexico they went to pot, pot. it was I think, uh, they, I think they followed the mary 
mariachi band. They just all kept walking. <laughs> yeah. All the way to Mexico. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. But it was awesome. Um, well, moving the show along, um, big announcement. God, it's, it's Oscars season, so that means it's Oscars.biz Oscar. oh, yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our, our sixth annual, I was wrong last last week, it's our yeah. sixth annual Oscars.biz Awards, where we honor the forgotten, yet uh, award-worthy parts of entertainment and and uh, memes and stuff. And so yeah. it's reality TV shows, it's internet memes. And I'm gifs. so excited. It's, I like the way this year's is being done. Yeah. This is fun. So what we're doing, and just making an announcement so everybody's clear, this Friday, when this uh, when this podcast goes up, on uh, this Friday, uh, oscars.biz, yeah. O-S-K-A-R-Z dot B-I-Z, We'll be live. Yes. I don't and, see how people can mess that up. And right. all of all of the uh, nominees for this year's awards are there. We want you to go. We want you to watch the clips. We want you to vote. Mm-hmm. And the votes will be tallied. And then on next week's show, we will have a big Oscars award ceremony and announce all the winners oh, uh, yeah. of this year's awards. So yeah. we're doing a little different this year. We, we're not doing a nomination show. Mm-hmm. We're consolidating it all to the award show. But you've got to go online to Oscars.biz. So is right now and vote. A little podcast right. business is next week the week that we need to wear a tie and we dress up for this. Yeah. It's yes. a big deal. Yeah, yeah we got yeah. the well we on hand we have the bow tie still, the top hats I would and never, the white gloves. I would never wear a bow tie publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, what am I an animal? What kind of, <laughs> what, what am I a waiter? Yeah, and, oh. and right now at least you're kind enough to tell people in advance, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, moving the show along, it's time for a look back at what happened this week in entertainment and culture. It's time for In case you missed it few little items this week in case you missed it uh fox is going to be airing a new primetime edm award show the electronic music awards are what, what's like an edm song ed well turned down for what yeah that, that'd be trap but a- that's anything EDM. by like skrillex do yeah. you know skrillex I, I, yeah i get that at denny's every time hello <laughs> old joke e- edm oh <laughs> <laughs> no. you just became my father-in-law yeah. any, any, you look like him anything that's dancey or electronic-y that's not rock pop or hip-hop is edm Hmm. Or jazz or Latin or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it. It's like, yeah. No, I get it. Skrillex and all that Yeah, it's stuff. like what millennials listen to. I got it. <laughs> right. They listen to that. That and the folk. Yeah. Yeah, folk yeah. music. Yeah. They're going to um, listen to opera. We've talked April about April 23rd. The show is being organized by the Electronic Music Awards and Foundation. I didn't even know that existed. Yep. Nominees include artists like Major Lazer, my my pick, to sweep Ooh, it. Oh, yeah. DJ Snake, uh, The Chainsmokers, Jamie XX, Calvin Harris, Disclosure, and of course, Diplo and Skrillex. And Rosie the Riveter and the guy from <laughs> Short Circuit. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there you go. April 23rd. <laughs> sound really cool, Eddie. We sound really Every, cool. The Terminator. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so there you go. April 23rd. Set your DVRs. Uh, in case you missed it, Disney is making a Wrinkle in Time movie. Now we're back into something I know about. <laughs> Disney's adapting Madeline mm. Lingle's uh, 1963 sci-fi novel known for its Christian themes. The movie's going to be directed by the uh, Selma director, Ava DuVarney. Oh, yeah. And will be written by Jennifer Lee, the writer and co-director of uh, Frozen. The oh. book recently served as some inspiration for Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, and the director even put a copy on the uh, Terrasac bookshelf scene in the movie. So there you oh, go. Cool. Little, little rebirth of a 1963 book there. There you go. Crazy. In case you missed it, Justin Bieber uh, was in the news this week. He had an interview with the, in the new GQ. Uh, he's on the cover. Oh, yeah. He's got he's got the swoopy hair. He's looking all dapper. Does he have uh, that mustache? 
<laughs> he has one of those peach fuzz. Yeah, that fun. mustache mm-hmm. is disconcerting. That's a no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, blonde mustaches Mm-mm. should be banned. Well, no, yes. I mean if we, you can ro- all or nothing. If you can rock like a mustache that has some bulk to it, like you, a Yosemite Sam. <laughs> right. You gotta be really blo- bulky for a blonde mustache to even be visible. Yeah. So, right. so, is, so yeah. your problem with with facial hair, if I if I get this straight, <laughs> yeah. Hey, your issue is when it's more like soft head hair than whiskers. Right, right, right. I, like, I, that, that does not make for good facial hair. Yeah, when it's just said. yeah, like very uh, gentle. I don't. <laughs> yeah. that's no, yeah. thank you. You want you want bristly. If your yeah. face is yeah. silky, silky, yeah. silky yeah. Right. that's not I good. Want, like, like mountain man lumberjack or right. clean shaven. Right, right. You, you don't want the mustache to like blow in the wind. Like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't want it to look like leg hair. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> worst. Yeah. Well, hey, what's up with well, Beebs? Well, yeah. well Beebs was in the new GQ and in the cover story, uh, he says this. I'm going to read a quote from from the Beebs. He basically said he's, he's a terrible person without God or he would be a terrible person without God. He says this, if we invest everything we have in a human, we're going to get broken. I feel like that's why I have a relationship with him, capital H, because I need it. I suck by myself. Like when I'm by myself and I I feel like I have nothing to lean on, terrible, terrible person. If I was doing this on my own, I would constantly be doing things that are me. I mean, I still am doing things that are stupid, but it just gives me some sort of hope and something to grasp onto and a feeling of security and a feeling of being wanted and a feeling of being desired. And I feel like we can only get so much (laughs) of that from a human. That was the first time I've ever heard him sound like the rest of us. I'm like, yeah, 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 I actually get that, man. Well, yeah. like, it was interesting, like the because he's talked a lot about faith recently, but you know the pro the profile writer said that you know when she was interviewing him, it was really hard to get him to talk about things in more than just sort of one or two word answers, or really not be you know very enthusiastic you know, throughout the interview. But she said that is, unless you ask him about one of the few things he's passionate about, and one of which is God in the Bible. And he, and, and she said, he lights up and will talk for a thousand words uninterrupted, which I thought was an interesting sort of anecdote to the story. Yeah. Well, last year he, he uh, was interviewed in Complex magazine, and he said this, he said, uh, quote, I'm not religious. I personally love Jesus, and that was my salvation. He created a pretty awesome template of how to love people and how to be gracious and kind. If, if you believe it, he died for our sins. But the most emotional part of the GQ interview, because we know he only opens up about a few things, was when he was asked about his... Um, his pet monkey, which was famously mm. confiscated by authorities during a European tour. It's Here's just... a quote from the GQ article. Everyone told me not to bring the monkey. I was like, it's going to be fine, guys. And it was, he shuts his eyes, the farthest thing from fine. <laughs> oh. Gosh, has he never uh, seen Friends? Doesn't he know? <laughs> monkey that's never makes it. how my nine-year-old talks. I, that's oh, yeah, it, exactly it. what it's like to have a nine-year-old boy. The oh, amount man. of real estate that the GQ article gave to the monkey scenario, like the boldness of that editorial decision, I appreciate. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> like how he acquired the monkey. Will he visit the monkey? Does he regret the monkey? Does he oh. plan on getting another monkey? All of that is covered. Did he dress his monkey detail. in a little cute jacket and leave it at an Ikea? You imagine time? like the senior yeah. editor being like, yeah, this is fine. I like what you've done here. I need more monkey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. again, I, I, you're getting my drift more monkey wonder if <laughs> yeah god schmod music's music right i need more monkey right yeah. so, so you have you have the the biggest most important pop star in the world that you're going to spend some time with make sure you ask about that pup, pet monkey that got 
uh, confiscated in Germany. Okay, it's gonna be we fine, guys. It's gonna be fine, guys. You got to take it the was, interview where it goes. It was, he wanted to talk about it. It was anything but fine. It was the furthest thing from fine. Hey, guys! In yeah. case you missed it, a, a new report has come from the University of Southern California's Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism, and it's looking at the diversity in Hollywood and how uh, the reality of it. Everybody's yeah. talking about Oscars so white and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So this report just came out. The report's yeah. called "The Media Diversity and Social Change Initiative." Initiative. Mm. Um, and it found that non-whites, not surprisingly, are underrepresented in Hollywood. Non-whites make up uh, 37.9% of the general population, but just get uh, 26% of speaking roles in movies. The ratio wasn't much better for scripted TV shows on cable, 29%, broadcast networks, 29%, or streaming platforms, 29%. Wow. Less than 12%, less than 13% of Hollywood movies are helmed by a minority director, and just 9.6% of t- network TV are. Ironically, among the highest rated scripted shows of 2015 were Empire, number one, Scandal, number four, How to Get Away with Murder, number five, and Grey's Anatomy, number seven, all of which were created by an African-American, Shonda Rhimes or Lee Daniels, and feature non-white actors in starring roles. So there's, yeah. it's not that it can't be successful, it's just that Hollywood uh, has underrepresented minorities. Hmm. and That's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. really, I mean, like, stark. I mean, it's like double-digit percentages wow. less representation than the general population. I would feel hmm. very embarrassed if I was in that industry right now it feels like such a fixable problem yeah right right any of you guys have you read the shonda rhymes book it's great shonda's shonda rhymes focus the year of yes it is so good i love it oh cool i'll read that recommendation i like her i I like her too i do i think it's interesting just just this week uh, also after this came out like i guess it's more in the discussion of media i saw eva longoria was interviewed by the new york times and uh, talking about like what it's like to be the only woman in the room and Mm -hmm. and she's like if it was a dude director this is like something she said if it was a dude director would you be like oh i'm just really surprised that you're so like like on top of your job and you know what you're doing Hmm. you know and it's like that she gets that reaction all the time because she's a director and producer and everything else and she's good at what she does and it's always a surprise to the men that Mm -hmm. she's capable can i ask Mm -hmm. you as a content curator that a lot of people pay attention to what you are putting out and what you and relevant are putting out like is that on your mind? Do you think about that? Are you like aware of all the time? Like, yeah. I mean, I would say it's Jesse, you're in all the editorial meetings. Yeah. Has there been an editorial meeting where we are talking about diversity, both gender equality, representation and, and ethnic diversity? in the no, magazine? I mean, it's a huge issue, you know, uh, I, that we try to be cognizant of because ultimately we want to represent a diverse audience. I, when, I would, you know, I would say like the difference is the intentionality. Like, like if I was yeah. running a network, I would actually say this needs to represent America. And so we would be intentional that, mm-hmm. that, you know, we'd be pulling from all those wells. And mm-hmm. I, we try to do that with the magazine, even though me, Aaron and Jesse happen to be white guys, we're very intentional about uh, including and giving our platform to mm-hmm. a variety of perspectives and voices. So yeah. It's important to me. Yeah. I think, I think it's, you can talk about it or you can do it. And, and like, I can tell you like in every editorial meeting, it is a topic of discussion. We will look at the lineups and we will then, like make sure it is balanced mm-hmm. from who's writing, who are we covering, you know, uh, what are we showing in pictures of the audience, like just the kind of lifestyle photos. It's all very intentional. Mm. Absolutely. Well, and what yeah. I love about it is <clears throat> knowing you, Cameron, behind the scenes, that's that's something that you really care about just in real life. So it's not like, well, in order to sell magazines or so we don't get right. criticized, right. that's how that's an important value to you in how you live. Yeah. So yeah. I love that those two are so closely connected. What, what I love, what I hope is that nobody notices. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's my hope. Because it, when, when a white church trots out like a token, you know, black person on stage to say, look, we're diverse, that like is, stands out more right. than if they just yeah. been all white on stage. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I, I just don't want people to notice it when they look at Relevant, that everybody who reads Relevant, if it's for you, if our content's for you, you find a point of connection. Mm-hmm. You see yourself in the magazine, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that it just feels natural. You feel a connection. This is mine. This is me. Yeah. Yeah. And that it may be very different people who feel that connection. That's, that's what we hope. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny with the Oscars, though, like with the Oscars So White thing, it's like, Last year was a problem because there were just some really phenomenal movies and actors that just got completely passed over. This year is like becoming a real issue. I feel like next year it's inexcusable with all of the outcry that it's just like no way that next year there isn't like remarkable diversity shown. I mean, I just can't imagine that they would allow it to go another year like this. Aren't they changing yeah. this, the, the voting and the governing board? I, yeah. I, I, I heard they were blowing it all up and yeah. like making sure that, it, uh, you know, it's something like 20% of the board isn't like old white men over 60 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like making sure that demographically it's more diverse and the people who are voting are more diverse. But even if I'm an old white guy voting, <laughs> like heck I'm gonna like only vote for like white people next year I'm yeah. not gonna get that criticism again yeah. the Oscar so white it, I have watched all but two of the best picture movies I'm trying to fi- figure out the last two this week it is really crazy we just watched another one last night we're like this is really really white like, let me guess one of your two that you haven't seen is the big short now I've seen big short oh have you yeah well, I haven't seen Revenant which is kind of crazy because it's, it's in theaters still. That's it's why in you theaters, can't, yeah. yeah so we're trying to figure big out big short is too you can't get it on digital yeah we saw that though I saw a room last night Oh, how was that? That was, I think it's the best picture of the year. Was that a horror movie? Really? It was very intense, but it's about this mom and her child that are like um, locked in a room by like a bad guy, you know? And then they have to like, they be in this room and then they have to escape in their life afterwards. But it was like incredible. Before we went to Portland, I loaded up the iPad with all the Oscar movies that I could get. There was like two I couldn't get and I was going to watch them all. I ended up playing Candy Crush the entire flight. <laughs> so good though, right? Yeah. Right. I, yeah, I cleared like 18 <laughs> levels. Nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and lastly, uh, in case you missed it, Taylor Swift this week donated a quarter million dollars to Kesha, uh, yeah. pop R&B singer Kesha, after a court uh, didn't let her out of her Sony contract. I mean, this was big news in the music world. So there was a lawsuit. Kesha was claiming that her producer, who she was locked into a contract with, you know, abused her, physically abused her, emotionally abused her, and that she physically could not be in a room with him to fulfill her contract and create more music. Yeah. And uh, so she sued to get out of it, and a judge denied it, uh, locked her into something like a 10-album contract with this guy. No Basically way. denying her the ability to make a living. How can that um, be? And, and and everybody, it's it's free Kesha hashtags and the protests and everybody's outraged. Well, a lot of pop stars went on social media to express their support for Kesha and that this is not okay. Yeah. And um, a couple of them, Demi Lovato, uh, were kind of throwing shade at some of the uh, more prominent feminist pop stars, i.e. Taylor Swift, that they weren't like publicly supporting Kesha. So what Taylor did is turn around and wrote a, a quarter million dollar check to Kesha to help her with her living expenses since she can't make any money right now. 
all the news. Crazy. The news. Do, so yeah. do you do you know about Dr. Luke? I mean, he's not like a little young producer guy. He right. was like the heaviest hitting yeah. Yeah. producer. Started on Saturday Night Live as a guitar player. When I heard Dr. Oh. Luke first, when it hit the news this past week, I thought it was um, L- like Luke, like Luther Campbell, like Two Life Crew. Oh, I was like, yeah, whoa, yeah. that's a weird... Oh, oh wait, it's a totally different yeah. guy. Right. Oh, that guy was the SNL guitar player. Yeah. I remember Dr. him. Luke, yeah. yeah, and he, uh, I mean, he discovered Katy Perry and developed her. I yeah, mean, he's Kasha, a big wig. I just don't like the precedence that this continues to set because I read his statement and his statement was like, I had a mom that was a feminist that raised me right and I well, had a well, child. And, and, and yeah, to, to say, obviously, he's denied the charge. He's denied the accusation denied. has never been, you know, she's never sought criminal prosecution. I'm not defending yeah. him, but just for the, you know, yeah, it's greater a, context. I don't. Bleacher's uh, frontman Jack Antonoff tweeted that he would produce her music, quote, till that creep can't block you anymore. Yeah. So it, sound, it sounds like the the artists are rallying around the artist who is trapped yeah. by a horrible record label situation. I get it's hard, though. I do not like a public trial when a woman is brave enough to speak out. Right. Because like, yeah. this is just a dangerous precedent. Like, if Kesha can't get justice... Well, like, can I? Yeah. I, well, it's I, not. It wasn't a criminal charge about the yeah, allegation. No, I know. It but was, yeah. in light of the allegation, she's suing to get out of this situation. But yeah. then it's hard because it's like innocent until proven guilty. But I just feel like there's this court yeah. of public opinion. I that just I think, think Sony should have just said. Sony being the distributor, Sony should have just said, yeah, you know what? We're just going to go ahead. We don't need this negative publicity. We're going to let you out of your contract. Dissolve right. the whole thing. They don't have just to even take it. a side. They can just get rid of all of it. Right. And just set them both free to do whatever they're going to do. Right. But the fact that they kept them locked in. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I feel yeah. like in where we are culturally, the responsible thing to do is to to err on the side of uh, believing yeah. a, a victim, yeah, yeah. Or, I agree. or an alleged victim, yeah. as opposed to making kind of reinforcing that idea that no matter what you say, you experienced business comes first. Right. I feel like that we don't live in a world where that uh, we want to be a part of a world that's different than that, and right. it made me feel like Sony's. Like from a different era. Sony, yeah. I mean, Sony should have just been above the fray. The negative publicity and possible, like you know, loss of business and revenue because of the negative publicity, right. would have far outweighed the lost revenue of just letting her out of her contract. Well, and like the issue of like, I mean, you think they would have learned from the whole Bill Cosby fiasco, like whether or not like the, the truth pub- comes out eventually exactly sort of yeah you know yeah. so yeah. just like man distance yourself and, Distant, and yeah p- sony should have ran for the hills right exactly well, and uh lena dunham wrote a great article but there's such an established history of women not being treated well in the yeah. music industry and in mm-hmm. hollywood and you know and there being a lot of secrecy around that right. and i think the more we can make Hollywood and the music industry safe places for women to be artists. Yeah. I think that's a big deal, and I think people like Sony have to be leading the way, not yeah. holding it back. Yeah, protect the victim. You know, yeah. whether or not you know for sure it's true, like that's a serious life ruining allegation that it is worth giving the time of day to, you know, and not just locking her into yeah. a contract. And Take the high road, stay above the fray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah, due process is important, but at the same right. time, this is a, a business contract that it seems like there could be an amicable solution and to. it's a, a right. very minor point, but what kind of music are they going to make now? I right. mean, come on. They just like to have the worst possible relationship like right. it's yeah. what whoever's they're locking her into some they're basically saying you can't, we're not going to let you go make money for somebody else right yeah you, you, whether or not you make your other nine albums with us we don't care right it's you do nothing or you do it with us and actually right. a lot of bands not locked in because of these allegations but a lot of bands are trapped like that mm-hmm. you yeah. know they sign they get the opportunity they sign a six album deal the first couple albums don't do great and the record label doesn't let them out of their contract to try something else Gosh. or a different model and they're just like well you're done now 
Yeah. That's hitting, it. Hitting a little close to home, Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. Sophomore attempt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. That's not true. I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> but it's sad. Hey, Jesse, uh, we had kind of the biggest week in half a year on the site this week. Uh, what, what happened at RevelMagazine.com? Yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, can I talk about? I'm going to talk about two quick things. I'll, I'll keep it uh, quick. But uh, Shane Claiborne wrote a, an, an incredible essay about uh, the death penalty is a pro-life issue too, and it's particularly timely because we ran something else earlier in the week uh, that looked at the Pope's recent statements about the death penalty. The Pope asked for that all Catholic leaders would. Uh, fight to put a moratorium on the death penalty for at least one year. And what we kind of showed to light is that the Pope's point, whether or not you, uh, you agree with the theology or morality of it, the Pope says that, at, you know, at this point in, in the advancement in society, we have other ways to effectively deter crime. And we actually pulled stats that show that the death penalty doesn't work as a deterrent, that there are studies that show even when the death penalty isn't in place, the homicide rate is exactly the same. Uh, so we have Shane talking about some of the theological implications of the death penalty. We have the Pope uh, uh, talking about what religious leaders can do. And we have data that shows the danger that the death penalty actually poses to society because last year there were more exonerations of, of, of people in prison than any year in recorded history, and five of them were on death row. So that mm. was five innocent people that could have died because of the death penalty. So... I would encourage everyone to go read those pieces. The one other one, this is a little bit a uh, change of pace, but it was blown up this morning. Uh, we have pictures. I didn't want to bring it as a regular site because I feel like people should go to the site and look at the pictures, but the Kevin Durant Bible Servant Custom yeah, KD8 those... Nikes. Have you seen those, Cameron? Yeah, they're so they're, cool. The angels, uh, black and white kind of angel stuff on it. Can you buy them? I would love no, them. They, no, no. Uh, so the Bummer. story was that you know these were created for him. The shoes designer ended up wearing them to All Star Weekend, where they got noticed. And uh, this guy who does all the KDs, and he ended up wearing these. He made them for KD. It says uh, Matthew. What's the verse on the tongue? Uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine. There you go. And on the insole inside, it's the full written out scripture. And then the design is of kind of a black and white uh, art of kind of angels and stuff. And actually, really sick looking shoes. And uh, and and people. At All Star Weekend, we're like, dude, where's that colorway? And he's like, oh, Nike's not going to release it. And originally it was because of the religious overtones, things or whatever. And uh, uh, then now the story is like, no, 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 these were never meant for retail. These were just custom made for KD, whatever. But so there's kind of two sides of the story. So yeah. the designer saying that Nike squashed it because of the religious symbolism. And then uh, Nike saying, no, 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 they do these for all the time. They do custom shoes for the, yeah. the players and stuff. So anyway, who knows? But e- either, either way, they're cool. The, the shoes are a work of art. Go to the site, check them out. They, really cool. they are, are, are literally, if you just had them, on display and never wore them in your house it would be a cool thing to have yeah. so anyway cool pictures uh, you can go check that out yeah as well. there you go so uh, that's what's happening in entertainment and at realmagazine.com that was in case you missed it okay it's time for entertainment releases music coming out on Friday March 4th M. Ward is coming out with more rain Mike Snow with Ooh, two eyes. Yeah. Mike, Mike Snow, Snow is coming out with I I I. Oh, literally, they're, I, I, they're I. digging in. I yeah, like that. Just all about the eyes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Polica is coming out with United Crushers. Hope for the Dying is coming out with Legacy, and Tyson Matsenbacher is coming out with Letters to Lost Loves. Movies coming out also Friday, March fourth. London has fallen. It's coming out. It's um, it's starring uh, Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. 
who I met. And uh, it's uh, in London for the prime minister's funeral. And da, da, da. It's a plot That's, to assassinate all the world leaders. It well, looks it looks good. One of the most surprising sequels, because that first movie kind of bombed. What was the first one? Olympus Has Fallen. Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Has fallen. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. connect it. The thing about Olympus Has Fallen, it came out at the same time the Jamie Foxx movie. That was the same oh, right. like White House White Down. down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exact same With movie. With Channing Tatum. Yeah. yeah. Neither of which are very good. Yeah, yeah. they're both terrible. It's <laughs> great. Uh, also coming out, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, uh, the Tina Fey movie, where she's a journalist who uh, goes over to wartime coverage in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Love her. It looks so really is good. It, it does it? It looks, it looks really good. Okay. Yeah. Right. You never know. I'm on the fence. You, but well, even her doing a couple of funny jokes is still worth yep, two hours worth of a junky movie. Yeah. There you go. I love her. I just play Candy And Crush. Margot Robbie, right? Yeah, Margot Robbie's in I it. I like her. Martin Freeman, yeah. Bilbo Baggins. See, he's oh, going yeah. off the dome with this because none of yeah. that's in my notes. Yeah. So it, that's I amazing. believe it's a true story as well. There were female like journalists in Afghanistan. You're right. Jesse. Jesse's trying to challenge my movie knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Jesse. I'm pretty sure it's based on a real reporter. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it's coming out on March 4th. So I know that about it. Boom. Also coming out March 4th, uh, probably the only movie of the three I'll see, Zootopia, the new Disney uh, uh, yeah. uh, animated With movie. Jason Bateman. Yep. Jason Bateman is always hilarious, though. Yeah, he's always I funny. I love him. Yep. Yeah. All right, that'll do it for entertainment releases. In case you missed it, and your Joy Aggridge Reed recap <laughs> update. And is Stay she tuned. hyphenating that name? What's nope. going to happen? Joy Reed. She announced it at the wedding. I'm taking your I, name. I don't have time. I had to. But I didn't even know if you're going to be maybe your middle name. Well, yeah, your main name becomes your middle name. No, it didn't have to. Not always. Well, my mom did that. Well, okay, that's but that doesn't prove with that mother. doesn't prove the rule. That's just your mom did that. <laughs> that's, <fine. laughs> right. but that's the common traditional thing. Hey, but no, but traditionally, sure it is. You slot it up. No, it's no. N- not at all common and traditional. What are you talking about? I'm talking about your mom. I was, I was told that. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was told, maybe, maybe my mom did it because she didn't want to let go of her maiden name. Like, some people do that. My I couldn't get. I could not wait to change my name huh. really oh it's so hard to spell nobody can say it right all of my life i wanted to just marry someone whose last name was like johnson or right Smith. and you didn't no yeah, i you, totally didn't you actually got a really <laughs> the hard other name. direction one. Yeah. i yeah. know you went I harder know. but that's yeah. why i could absolutely could not hyphenate because there's no way you can get through both that is a full mouth of a name shauna heibel's <laughs> shauna heibel's nequist yeah no way yeah. blah 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 it's just marbles and marbles and marbles like the, the u.n delegation from scandinavia <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Anyhow, oh, man. All right, that'll do it for Cameron's mom update. <laughs> Stay tuned up next, slices. You're listening to Bourne's song is American Money. Way better than the foreign currency, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Cage the Elephant. I like, I like it when we just make you stand on your own. <laughs> Sweetie Little Jean. Yeah. Uh, that is what we opened the show with. All right, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so this week, Twitter lost a pretty prominent personality, uh, a controversial one, particularly to religious audiences, at the Tweet of God. 
has called it twi- uh, called it called twits. it twits. Oh, called you almost it. said it. Almost said it you unintentionally. Said it. But that's what should, it should be called when someone shuts down their Twitter account. I'm twitting Call Twitter. it twits. So anyway, tweet of God. He has over two million followers. You've probably seen him retweeted from time to time. His image is sort of a, a fake, sort of Renaissance. Uh, faced God, yeah. and it's basically religious satire about how people's perception of God uh, informs politics, news, pop culture. It's frequently irreverent, sometimes really funny, um, but always, uh, you know, he's someone who's who's had influence. He's been doing it for like six years, uh, but he's calling it quits for good. He no longer wants to be part of Twitter. He's a longtime comedy writer. He wrote on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart for 11 years. Huh. He's written a couple uh, religious satire books. He has a play right now mm. that's uh, about religion on Broadway. So I thought it was interesting that he's quitting, but I also... Uh, felt like the reason why is worth talking about. Because like I said, he's a comedy writer. He writes for James Corden right now, The Late Late Show. Not only did he say that he felt like Twitter was becoming, in his words, a cesspool because of how easy it was for people to get offended and you know the outrage police comes out and there's people publicly shaming one another yeah. for minor, for microtransgressions. Uh, but he also said that when you're only, when you spend so much of your time on a medium like Twitter, it actually changes the way you think. His quote says, I was working on Twitter for a long time. It just miniaturizes the way you think because that's the medium. You're a miniaturist. Hmm. And if I'm going to work on other things that require anything longer, anything else in the world, I need to stop doing that. Uh, But not only that, he talked also about how it was unhealthy that he started doing tweets just to get the reward. He says, the thing that I'll miss most is what I'm, it's the reason why I'm leaving deliberately. When you tweet something and immediately see people retweeting it, and it feels like, oh, I've just made people laugh, it causes, you cause people to react. It's a rush. He says, it's, it's a rush similar to like heroin is a rush. And he said, that's problematic. After a while, he's been doing it for six years, uh, that, you know, he wants to step away from that rush because he's coming too dependent on something unhealthy. He said, what caused all this uh, reaction was the account actually got hacked. He was able to solve the hack. But during the time off, he kind of had some time of reflection to say, this is getting really unhealthy. And I think you see this with like a lot of people on Twitter or doing comedy in the internet era. The payoff is so quick. Yeah. Like stuff yeah. goes viral sometimes within an hour, sometimes the next day. So it, it, it's easy to see how after a long time you can get addicted to that reward and just try to start pleasing people and ultimately build yourself worth in a place where it's probably not the most healthy place to have it. And this is from a guy who's been doing satire. It's not like he's doing personal comedy. Right. Is he verified? Uh, I, I, have, I don't think they can verify God. So. Oh, really, Cameron? <laughs> no, but, oh, really? Oh, no, because you have to reply to an email. So I'm going to tweet that. I don't That's think a, they can verify to get, God. To get verified, they have to send you a confer- confirmation yeah. email. I wouldn't know. I, I think this is a fascinating conversation, and every uh, writer I know is having this same conversation. Is you know, th- There are so many benefits to social media, but it does come with a cost. And even creatively, I think that when you start to think, like he said, as a miniaturist, uh, one of the things that's been a challenge for me is um, there's a, uh, increasing pressure for whatever talk you give to be tweetable. Mm-hmm. And you're like, guess what? Not every story 
fits in 140 characters. And not everything I want to talk about translates specifically to you typing it out on your phone as fast as you can. Like there's, there's an experience sometimes that we're trying to create that doesn't lend itself well toward being chopped up into sound bites. Mm, But that's a tricky tension. You know what? You know what? We're so long that they couldn't really be soundbited or tweeted. Uh, Jesse's bridal party introductions. <laughs> hey. I'm not going to conform to some temporal medium. Yeah, okay. I, I got to defend my man here. The, they were brilliant, and Twitter <laughs> should extend the count just for those 17 introductions or whatever they were. I don't know how many people there were. Yeah, but, but why should I? T- but it, but Sean, to your point, I mean, the, you know, people are. It's literally transforming the way people communicate and by extension, the way people think. And that can be problematic, especially when we put so much value in it. Like you were saying, you know, there's a there's a reason why that they w- would want speakers to do something tweetable or like for a TED talk to have sort of that catchy hook or, you know, uh, uh, you know, an article to have pull quotes or something that lend itself well to Twitter. Those aren't bad things in and of itself. But but I do think it does take, especially for creative people, it's important to take some time to reflect to make sure that you're being true to your creative self and not just some medium that helps you you know, market yourself better like, like this guy. Yeah. I, I have found, I read Twitter pretty regularly. I would check it, you know, daily. But I find myself incredibly rarely tweeting anymore. Yeah. I mean, I used to tweet as a primary uh, outlet. That would be how I communicate. And I think about a year or two ago, I just kind of s- found myself stopping. Yeah. It wasn't like a decision. I just didn't feel like soundbiting stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I might during like the Grammys or something, or if everybody's sitting on TV, sitting at home watching the same thing, right. and we can kind of like all be talking to each other about it. I mean, yeah. that that's where Twitter's fun, but... Yeah, I, I read it for news. I read it for news and updates and then feedback from the podcast. That's I, it. I find that my jokes, though, like I've always been a person that jokes in Twitter form before Twitter existed. Like I've never been able to write a long form thing, but I like like a quick reaction thing. Like right. so it actually works really well for me, but it is weird to be beholden to it. But it is hard because a lot of times I speak on behalf of like IJM and I find myself really trying to make it like, yeah, I actually want you to tweet this because you'll tweet out something important about something other than me. But that's got to be different for you, Shauna, speaking you're just you. You're just speaking as yourself. And how do you, yeah, how do you balance that being tweetable and all of those kinds of things of being authentic? And how do you not miniaturize or whatever you're saying? Well, and I think for me, in terms of like self-worth, you know, Jesse, I feel like that was one of the words that came up in that article a lot Yeah, was from, yeah. from where do you receive your self-worth? And for me, I feel like I'm, I'm really clear. Um, my, my sense of self-worth and connection comes from the people that are in my real life my kids, my husband, our community, my family, my real friends, thats th- those are the people whose opinion matter to me. Mm. And then secondly, I'm, I'm a book writer. That's my deal. I yeah. write long experiences that take years to yeah. make and hours to consume. Right. Yeah. And social media is not on that list for me. Interesting. It's a hmm. fun thing that I enjoy, but it is not a, a big part of my mental landscape. And I don't yeah. want it to be. Huh. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe a little bit of the opposite. It maybe you know it's something that you have to keep in check. But because we write and publish so much on the internet, mm-hmm. like when a story starts getting the light count starts to go up, and then you hit ten thousand, and or whatever, you know, you do have this rush and built it. Like, like I said, sometimes maybe too much self worth is put into it. Of like. Yeah, people approve of what I say, but I feel like if you're only going off that, you'll the the danger is you don't want to challenge yourself to take risk because you might not get the approval 
that you're looking for that is sometimes you have to step out of the comfort zone and say things that you're not sure are going to be popular. You I've, know, I've always wanted a Twitter client that doesn't show favorites, likes, retweets, follower count, anything. It's purely just, just content. So you create a thing and you send it out and you don't know what happens to it, but it's like, but you don't, you don't get affirmed by that. You just were like, Oh, that was a funny thing I thought of, or a funny joke about the Oscars and off it goes. And then you never find, and then you never know. And all the stuff that's on your feet is just stuff that people have retweeted. So it's just what your friends think is interesting, but you don't know how like popular anything is. I'm stealing that idea. Yeah, anybody can steal yeah. it. You send me a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to make an app, not a shirt. And you call it just Twitter or Twit. 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 Yeah. Your shirt just says Twit. twit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Twit. Um, twit it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> twit it. I made a t shirt. For the magic game tomorrow night. Oh yeah, custom oh, t-shirt. Your, uh, yeah, custom college. t-shirt. Your, your dunk t-shirt. Aaron, Aaron Gordon was robbed. Huge was. Wh- black t-shirt, white letters. Aaron Gordon was robbed. I'm gonna be wearing it right in the I'll front. I'll check row. the Instagram feed. I bet you'll make it on. I, yeah. I hope. Is I there hope an exclamation that point? He's gonna come over and do a little uh, little selfie action. With is it. there any graphic in it, or is it all just bold? It is, is it like, just a bold statement. Told. I had no. Yeah, it's a bold statement. Big white block letters. Aaron Gordon was robbed down my torso, and then I put hashtag smaller hashtag. He won the dunk competition or is, something like that. No, is there right. an exclamation point after? No. The, the, oh. the big, bold caps is the exclamation. Actually, like, I have a technical question. Did you like... Did you go to like a place where you get like your high school gym letters ironed on? Uh, no, where mom. There's like trophies everywhere. Spreadshirt.com. Okay. You can make custom t-shirts. They have designs and all this stuff. You can do whatever you want. And it's 15 bucks. Or even more broadly, what? just the internet. Sean. Yeah. Just yeah. go to the internet. One of one. Well, I, I realized. I realized. I'm familiar with the internet. <laughs> yeah. The company that I used, used last time I made a t-shirt was so outrageously expensive. So that's what I'm looking. When I discovered the Spreadshirt thing. Spreadshirt's also the company that makes all the, um, all the, uh, uh, podcast stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Order the yeah. I made my uh, like I saved Cameron Strang's life shirt. I yeah, believe. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. When, yeah. When, <laughs> when Eddie at uh, our Chicago trip uh, saved my life by doing the Heimlich in a restaurant where I was choking, I made him a thank you shirt that said "I saved Cameron Strang's life." And I in the image oh, is this? of uh, uh, two wrestlers doing the wrestling move oh, where nice. like the arms around. But yeah. it looks it's a perfect it's Heimlich. Heimlich. Yeah. Like he lifted me up. That's anyway. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing, I could never make a shirt like that, Cameron. Do you know why? Why? I would have zero restraint. Like, I would start with the bold letters. Like, all right, Aaron Gordon got robbed. I'm like, yeah. you know, I probably need a big picture of Aaron Gordon. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Stuff. I should probably put a hoverboard. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what would be really cool? Is flames on the screen. <laughs> you know and I'm gonna do. I don't uh, know why. I don't know why, but I kind of feel like like a translucent dream catcher. Whoa! In the background, and it be just slowly becomes like a crazy Guy Fieri affliction. Well, shirt. You know and it's what? like a it's like a hoodie too, and it's got just a basketball for the hood. I feel like we're just telling Rella <laughs> yeah, what to do this like, week. Yeah, you know, maybe I pull the hood all the way down. There's eye holes. Is that yeah. an option? Hey, Rella, yeah. Rella, you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah. You know what I'm gonna do though? I realized like at the Magic Games, there's kind of iconic fans. Every arena they have iconic yeah. fans. We had sweater vest. He just passed away. We have some other guys. This one guy always wears like warm ups. Yeah, we got we just got all these guys. And I needed. I want to be a guy. I want to be a th- guy with a thing. And so <laughs> I realized a guy. I could. Remember? Yep. I I realized I could be custom T-shirt sayings guy. Ooh. I'm a walking meme. Yeah. I have like the big punchy meme font on my shirt, Ugh. and I'm saying like commentary about stuff that's happening this week. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I actually I like, like that. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, I see you. I see you every time there's a magic game at eleven o'clock, and I watch the recap. There you are. Just, well, just flailing my arms. Well, that's what's great is your seat, so you can pretty occasionally see you from yeah. TV, especially yeah. if you're up and yelling. Right. Yeah. You're right there. Yeah. yeah. yeah see, Cameron, I, I feel like you definitely have so much more restraint yeah. than <laughs> Jesse would, because totally. his shirt would be filled with just <laughs> the craziest things. 
things. Birds of prey. Oh yeah, always awesome. Yeah, always awesome. Um, uh, wolves. All, howling, all of these waterfalls. things are in the clip art gallery at Spreadshirt. Honestly, <laughs> all of them. No but big like deal. My shirt. My shirts would also make a cool van mural. Like if it's a cool That's van mural, it's gonna be yeah. a cool shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just yes. plop, plop your saying on there. I'll do. I'll do the heavy lifting here, Cameron. Just yeah. you, you go to Spreadshirt. Make me a shirt. And uh, send me a picture of it. Yeah. I'll let you know if follow order or not. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Actually. Right. That one to slice. What do you have, Shauna? Okay. So um, any of us who are parents, I'm sure this has happened where you're out in public and for just a split second, you cannot find your child. Worst right? feeling ever. Never totally. happened. I'm a responsible child or parent. Right. Um, well, burn. for the rest of us, there's yeah. that terrible split second where you can't immediately see where your child is, right? Yeah. So in uh, Vincenza, Italy, a woman took her two-year-old to the bank. Couldn't find her. Mm. She's, I mean, two-year-olds are little, though. I mean, they can be yeah. anywhere. And yeah. banks are big, especially banks in Vincenza. Uh, the two-year-old. The, two the thing I know the Vincenza in banking industry. Yeah. <laughs> she, she wanders away, and then all of a sudden, mom can't find her. Uh-oh. Where do you think she went? Uh, the vault. She's the teller. Yeah, I'm saying the vault. She crawled into a tiny open time lock safe I can't, and closed I, no, the door. I can't no. even breathe. I can't even breathe right How now. How would they know? Oh, no. How would they know? I can't I even don't breathe. Know. So she, and it's tiny. Gosh. She is like sitting down. She closes the door on herself. Oh, no. Shauna. And the way it works is it can only be opened every 40 minutes. <sighs> so even though the bank people know the code. They can only get into it every 40 minutes. So they had to call the fire department and use a hydraulic uh, wedge to get her out 15 minutes later. Sweet girl. It makes me like think about like, have I ever told my children, if you see an open safe, don't crawl into it. Have we covered that? (laughs) I know. I know. Do they just know that instinctively? You know what could have prevented all of this in the fire and saved the fire department a lot of money? One stethoscope. If there's anything I know about safes, you know, you just put it up there. No big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah, it it's so easy. To- also, like a little kid leash would have prevented it, <laughs> or like one of the, uh, like an internal release for the. But I guess the kids too. I've I've, yeah. I've never. Uh, I really haven't misplaced coin yet, and I'm not saying that's because I'm just lucky. But um, <laughs> but but mm-hmm. um, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and my mom would take me to J.C. Penney's or Sears. Mm-hmm. I would hide in the clothes racks. Oh, oh yeah. 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 yeah, classic, right in the middle. My yeah. Mom, yeah, I mean, perfect. They're circular. You know, you have boom. to. It's Done. actually your job as a Done. child. Yeah. I would, I would play with the little pins and clips and the whatever, and then I look mm-hmm. up and yeah. mom's gone. Right, yeah, mom's out of here. And I, my tendency uh, every time would be to start running at, and screaming at the top of my of uh, my lungs. Sure, like yeah. screaming for my mother. My mom has mm-hmm. left me, and my just running and me. just running and laughing. That my mom said that she would hear me lapping the store and hear the noise coming back toward her and that's where she would intercept me like she's like no matter how many times she would tell me to just stay there i'll find you the fact that i was running around and making a lot of noise she actually was able to it actually wow. track me down. Yeah. yeah but it was in like the 80s when like kids were getting like, kidnapped at stores and yeah, stuff it just freaks yeah. me out all this kind i of got stuff. i got left at so many places when you've got as many siblings as i do it's kind of really? your it's kind of your responsibility to kids. stay to stay with the pack yeah. you know, right and you know what if you don't make it home it's natural selection the yeah. nine healthy ones made it mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't see seth for a year and a half yeah he made it home he, he popped back up he's doing just fine yeah yeah, yeah. in a way so yeah. were you were you ever did you ever have like a, a a home alone situation where where they they went it wasn't like oh they left you at the deli counter and had to come back to him and later like was it ever for more than a day no i never got left for more than a day but i did get left at goodwill for like three hours one time 
like for a long time. Because the thing is, my mom, she was out running errands and she was at like eight different places and she didn't know at which point I went missing. <laughs> so she had to like circle back to the mall and walk all around the mall and then go to Walmart. She's listening then, for a child running and screaming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she ended up finding me at Goodwill. I actually did not realize she had left though because I had found the TV. And we didn't have a TV in my we didn't have a TV in my house, and so I found Cartoon Network on the TV, and I was just like, Vuh. "Wait, what? Goodwill has a Cartoon Network? The Seriously, awesome ones it's in like Tallahassee, the nicest Goodwill ever." Yeah, they had they had like eight TVs running Cartoon Network, and I just kind of sat down in front of them and just chilled. And I had been gone for like three hours and didn't even notice. I was eight, and we were uh, my parents and I and uh, some friends of theirs were meeting at their office or whatever, and we were all going to dinner. And everybody left and left me, mm. left me at the office. Yeah. And my dad thought I was with my mom. My mom thought I was with oh, my dad, yeah. you yeah. know, pre-cell phone. I'm, yeah. I'm a little kid. And so I'm just there, you know, they come back 40 minutes later. I'm bawling. I'm scared. I'm alone. And that was the day um, they broke my trust. And uh, we haven't recovered <laughs> since then. So there you go. Real moment there. Right. Yeah, been a deep-rooted hey. seed since then. Yeah, that's actually, that'd be a funny magic shirt. <laughs> that was the day they broke my trust and I've never recovered. I, I haven't trust my parents since they left me as a child. Nice kid. Nice kid, though. What do you have, Eddie? Good future. Um, I would like to talk about, uh, we, you know that I get sucked in anytime there's a story about a survey or millennials, and also my third thing, which is cereal. Uh, right. We haven't talked about Ooh. cereal a lot. Um, can we just quick go around the room? Do you like cereal? What's your favorite cereal? I'm I mean, more, I feel I'm, like I don't know this about you guys, and we've talked about everything. I'm, yeah. I'm more of an egg. I'm more of an eggs guy in the morning. Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Uh, I like cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah, okay. And in store brand uh, frosted whatevers. Yeah, anybody? cinnamon toast crunch was the only. Yummy cereal that my mom would let me get growing up. Yeah. It's she gave me an 11 gram of sugar maximum, yeah. and I had to go around and look on the side of the box, and I could get any under 11 gram, and that was the sweetest, most delicious cereal that was 11 grams or under. I need your mom to run my diet. Yeah. You have a really... It's just a... It's Rich. a web. <laughs> it's just a web of stuff. Even just on today's show, you just... Yeah. There's a couple of things, and you start to connect all the dots. I feel like, like there's a lot of, like, parent-based t-shirt statements that you have to make. Yeah. Um... Counselor Eddie is like, let, let me at you, Cameron. Let's talk about this. Let's push pause on this record and get into it. Okay. Well, we can talk more about people's favorite cereals later, but I'll say this. Uh, yeah. Season one was great. I'm not loving season two, but I'm going to stick with Seriously, it. Seriously, Dad? All right. Um, so the Washington Post reports, and this is really serious, pretty grave news. Uh, the Washington Post reports that the sale of breakfast cereals in the U.S. is down nearly 30%. In the last 15 30. years, 30%. Wow. It's a bummer. Because we know more about health and nutrition now. That's yeah. right. That's right. They are saying, and part of it is that, part of it is a preference for things like like uh, smoothies and protein bars. Sure. People are doing like, cereal used to be like the go-to quick breakfast. Yeah. Now there are yeah. many other quick breakfasts. Jimmy but, Dean's uh, t- turkey sausage uh, egg McMuffin thing. Right. 250 calories, four minutes, boom. That's right. That's right. That's right. When you talk about food, it makes me so sad. Right. That's what I eat for breakfast. And at night, I wrap it up with a cafe bowl, cafe steamer, four minutes, done. No mess. I need you to move to Chicago. It is certainly practical. So I can feed you. Yeah. Yeah. No dishes or silverware required. I mean, it's borderline paper towel situation. (laughs) So there's health reasons. There's health reasons. There's other products on the market that have kind of tapped into that. But a third reason is in a recent survey. 40% of millennials said that they don't eat cereal because it is inconvenient because they have to clean up after eating it. (laughs) And the fact that young Uh. people aren't eating cereal is because bulls don't clean themselves. Quote, 
40 percent oh, of millennials is... are saying that they won't eat cereal because basically you've got to clean up <laughs> afterwards hey, eddie i'm going to be completely honest that has played into it many many, many times, times. me too but Absolutely. Like, it, it, I, when i said the paper towel thing to me if i'm eating alone if 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 i'm not if if dana or, or noah even if noah i'll put his on a plate or whatever most of my meals otherwise are eaten on a paper towel because i can ball it up and but a cereal bowl is trash. like the most you even have dishwashers you don't even have to do anything. You just it's flip just it upside down. You gotta, you gotta That's load the it. Minimum. You gotta load it up. You gotta empty it out. If you could just skip all that, you just saved yourself like fifteen minutes. But like <sighs> if it, Eddie, if it was some sort of edible bowl situation. Yeah. I yeah. think. Did I you think guys ever get those single pack uh, cereals that were like in the little boxes and stuff? Yeah. But there was a yeah. special way to open the box that the box became the bowl because there it was the plastic worked. lining. It never worked. I tried it, it a couple worked. times. Messy. I, I thought this story was going to be much more like we would all react like Shauna did. We're like, no way. <laughs> like but you guys are just like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. So much that, work. That's why, that's why Pop-Tarts are so fantastic. Oh. <laughs> because it's literally like self-contained cereal right. with um, no milk. You, you can hear drink a, the milk if you want, but I can just eat a, a large piece of cereal that's delicious <laughs> and requires me to throw away a piece of foil at the end. Um, hot Pop-Tart tip. Uh, cook one, not the other. And one one and one, it's like two different pop tarts. Oh. <laughs> hey, I never. Hey, it's like I breakfast and dessert. Either. You know what I mean? Hey, cooking the pop tart is too much work for me. Yeah, I don't. I'm imagine. just gonna eat it raw. I'm I knew just, I it's knew, fine like it is. I knew what I was saying. Like I shouldn't it, have done it that. It takes me like all four burners and the oven every day. Yeah. What? Like, yes, I cook yeah. a whole thing every morning. For I'm the currently girls. making beans that I'm I'm 36 hours into the process. But the whole no. the whole the whole cleaning thing though, like I do like eating eggs. That's my favorite thing in the morning is to do eggs. eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I typically will do two or three eggs and that's it. So I, and but I've gotten it easier and easier and easier. So I'm not doing scrambled anymore. I just do the I just do the crack and fried eggs thing, and then you know boom, and I'm eating one while the next one's going. So I'm like pop pop pop, efficient. I can do it pretty fast problem was you're messing up a whole frying pan a whole pan gets dirty yeah. you ever microwave your eggs i've heard you can do that no i've never done that either so i'm at bed bath and beyond the other day i, hear I hadn't been there in like a decade Don't right. and i'm just like hey, i gotta i gotta browse this thing <laughs> and so like let's see what's going on in the innovations in the beds baths and beyonds industry were, were you getting right. a present for joy basically that store is all a i saw it on tv just wait it selection. Yeah. Ways to cook eggs. So so they have this little baby skillet that's the size of one fried egg. That's oh. the size of the skillet. Yeah. And it has a little egg on the handle. And like I realized like I could just warm that I could use that. I don't have to get a whole big frying pan dirty. And mm-hmm. I'm just doing one egg, boom, pop it out, boom, and then done. And then you can just two seconds and it's clean. See, I like to I like to take it a step beyond there. Uh, you know. Maybe I can go to Bed Bath and Beyond and see if they have this product in mind. It is like the Shark Tank dumping zone, where like <laughs> stuff that wouldn't make it on Shark Tank just ends up on Bed Bath in Bed Bath and Beyond. But if they had a disposable version of that, Cameron, right. because I like yeah. to just throw things away. You're still you. telling me there's work involved. It's a whole thing, but but you go. <laughs> And then, like with the sponge, and now it's clean. So you it's like one thing. The, the reason that I mostly boiled eggs is because minimal cleanup. It's just hot water, but right. it takes a long time, which I'm not patient for. I've <laughs> legitimately, I haven't done it, but I've been at the point where I've thought I could just go Rocky style on these two <laughs> eggs and save myself mess and time. Nope. Like yeah, so. I could be done and on to the next thing, mm. and all I got to do is muster up the the courage. 
Since I suck one down like all sliced down. My slice is over. I mean, I literally, <laughs> the whole premise, the whole premise of this article and the follow-up studies, it's all blown away. So you, everybody's lazy. Yeah. Um, basically, the, no, no, no. It's, it's, I, it's not laziness. It's efficiency. efficiency. Yeah, I know. Hey, listen, you, you just got to know where you spend your time on your priorities. And I want to spend my time with my son. I want to spend time with my friends. I don't want to spend time slaving over some, loading up some dishwasher. I will so, say right. I do cook with the girls. So like. Yeah, they I both don't... pop up and sit on either side oh, of the stove. Oh, that's wonderful. And we have like a little chat Great, and we figure it all out. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. For that me, is... I'm getting up before Cohen wakes up to get him ready for school, get the breakfast going, but it, I'm trying to go as fast as possible. Yeah, you know, so. like going, Daddy's got a, yeah, Daddy's got a magazine to make. Yeah, yeah and get I, out I, and go. No. <laughs> I, I give him cereal. He likes yeah, cereal. I make him it. eggs sometimes. I make him, I make my son big cups of raw eggs all the time. And <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not looking for a medal here, but you know, I'm doing my part. At least I didn't lose my kid. Yeah, yeah. I didn't leave it you know Jay-Z Penny or Goodwill so <laughs> alright well, well that'll do it for Slices I suppose so stay tuned up next <laughs> Gallant joins us Listening to Alicia Cara, the song is Wild Things. This week's feature segment is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun, easy, and convenient. I can vouch for it. It is fun, easy, and convenient. It is it literally, <laughs> those three, are good and delicious. True. And nutritious. I would add two more words to their Well, I'll let them know. Copy. I'll let them yeah. know. Each week, HelloFresh uh, creates new delicious recipes. Oh, there's delicious. With step-by-step <laughs> instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices like me uh, to seasoned home cooks like, Sha- like Shauna, yeah. short on time. HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantities needed so there's no food waste, which is actually a thing. If you're like just cooking for one or two people, oh, like, yeah. it's really hard to do the grocery thing. Or else, like You feel like you're throwing away a lot of food or you're eating the same thing for like a week. Right, right. Um, it's all delivered to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free. HelloFresh is offering a special offer right now for relevant podcast listeners. You can get 35 bucks off your first week of deliveries uh, just going to HelloFresh.com and entering relevant when you subscribe. Yeah. Uh, I would check it out. It's really good. It's really worth it. Honestly, it's a phenomenal service, and I had a lot of fun uh, using it over the last That's few weeks. That's a great deal, too. 35 bucks off. It's a fantastic deal. Yep. HelloFresh.com. Enter promo code relevant. One of our favorite new artists uh, coming out right now is our next guest. You're going to hear a little bit more about the context of why we're so excited about uh, yeah. Gallant in the next segment when we <laughs> kind of talk about our music issue, which is coming out now. Gallant is in the new music issue. Uh, we have a feature with him. And uh, he's one of the artists, like his song, Weight and Gold, which you'll hear in the segment if you haven't heard it already, is one of the most standout tracks in the last couple months. It is unreal. It's like you play it and like everybody just stops and yeah. says... Who is that? Yeah. It's Gallant. He's an exciting artist coming out of maybe the alt R&B area, if you had to label it. Call it that. Yeah. But he's touring with Sufjan Stevens and writing with Sufjan right now. His brand new LP is about to drop. He's got an EP and several singles that are on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, You should check it out. Like I said, he's in the brand new issue of Relevant Magazine. And uh, our very own Dargan Thompson talks to him. Here is Gallant.
I guess when you were living in New York, a lot of producers kind of told you, you your music doesn't really fit into typical R&B or pop. What, like, how would you describe the music that you make? I, I'd, I call it just kind of like soulful music because I, I don't think that that necessarily ties it to one specific genre. But all the music that I like has some type of soul in it, some type of, you know, honesty and vulnerability and humility that I'm really drawn to. So I guess I just focus on that more so than exactly what type of genre it might be. Yeah, what kind of, I mean, what kind of influences, like, what did you listen to growing up that really you feel like has played into your music? Um, it was, at first it was like a lot of, you know, like Tony Braxton, Brandy, Babyface, you know, Boys to Men, all of that stuff. And then it kind of just uh, moved into just an eclectic mix of, of everything from, you know, like Japanese pop to just Brit rock, alt rock, progressive rock, dabbled in kind of like electronic underground for a little bit. A little bit of like back into like 60s Chicago blues. And I don't, I don't know, somehow like I, I just subconsciously pulled, from, I guess, all of those different types of things that I was hearing. And um, I just wanted to try and put them together in a uh, in kind of like a puzzle type of way. started writing songs in middle school uh, did you always know that you wanted to be a musician or was it a side project that turned into something uh yeah it was it was kind of just like a um it wasn't even really a project it was just i was i was bored i'd be home from school and you know i wasn't i, I felt like i was keeping a lot of stuff inside and so the only way that i could really ex express it is to was to just you know have a mic and and write just whatever I wanted at the time. And they were horrible, horrible, awful songs. <laughs> it made me feel like I was, you know, doing something and it made me feel happy to, to listen back to it, even though I didn't necessarily want to share it with anyone else. And so that to me felt like something. And um, it just kind of got awry and um, got out of hand and I just never stopped doing it. Join me on the other side. Join me on the other side. Oh, 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 oh
I'll start with uh, Weight and Gold. Uh, that was kind of, I was working with uh, this producer, Stent, um, AJ, and uh, we had been working together for a while up until that point. And uh, we kind of got to a point where we wanted to kind of just try something kind of out of our comfort zones. So uh, instead of, you know, doing really quiet falsetto stuff, I just kind of screamed into a mic. And um, while I was screaming, it just somehow the the message and the, the meaning of the lyrics just kind of popped into my head. And um, we just kind of started with that chorus. And then uh, the verses just kind of naturally flowed somehow. Um, and it, it took about, you know, three and a half hours. And um, it was at the time the most different song that we had done together, but um, it felt the most special. Um, and uh, it was kind of the quickness too. So it was um, it was surreal to, to all of a sudden you know, go in having nothing and then coming out three and a half hours later and having something that felt like one of the best things I've ever written. Another track uh, that's my favorite is Open Up. And uh, that was actually the first time that I met Stent. And um, we, we got into a room and we didn't really you know, know each other. And we didn't really know where to start. And at that time I had kind of been experimenting with a bunch of different sounds for the album. Um, kind of like writing on my own and you know, writing near other people. And I, uh, we just kind of both kind of just sat in our own kind of corners and didn't really say anything. And um, I had been listening to just like a ton of 90s R&B up until that point. Um, just like going back into the archives and pulling out stuff that I used to listen to on repeat. And uh, for some reason, the feeling of just kind of opening up um, instead of kind of trying to write stuff for the album, you know, just kind of writing whatever and just kind of being more in touch with myself just 
felt like the right direction to go. And uh, instead of kind of building a, a beat, so to speak, we kind of just experimented with just bends and, and moving sounds around. And, and even melodically, like I just kind of started singing things that were swooping up and swooping down. We tried to just match them up together and somehow we got, uh, we got to open up, which um, I think is probably my favorite track off the album and it's also the first track that uh, I released um, from the new project and so I'm, I'm extremely happy with the way it came out Gallant. Make sure to check out his feature in the new issue of Relevant coming out this week. Listening to Mike Snow, M I I K E. Mike Snow. Mike Snow. Uh, the song is "The Heart of Me." Yeah. Like we do every two months, uh, we put out a new magazine, and uh, I'd like to welcome to the show our editorial crew, our associate editor Dargan Thompson. Hello. Our editorial director, Aaron Hambury. Hi. Is it Aaron Hambury or Ari and Hambury? Burry. Burry. I'm glad Burry. you're covering this now. And yeah. uh, and Jesse's joining us as well. Who cares? Hello, hello. Well, we have the brand new issue of Relevant, the March issue, uh, which is our anniversary issue, is uh, being shipped now. It, it comes out on uh, March 1st. Obviously, newsstands nationwide. It's our. Let's see. We started in 2003. This will be our 13th 13 anniversary uh, of big, the, that's a big of the one. print magazine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unlucky year. Don't say that. <laughs> it is an I don't believe in your voodoo witchcraft. So, yeah, it's been good so far, you yeah. heathen. Yeah. Uh, well, every March, we actually do our our music section, our new music section. We love every year to look forward at what's happening in music, and uh, March seems to be a great time to do it because you have a ton of spring releases um, and and all the stuff that's going to like define spring break and summer just it's kind of happening right now and it's it's a lot of fun and so this year we actually expanded on that and and 
really made it a music issue. It's it's the, got the normal balance. I mean, there's still the God and life and other culture stuff in the magazine. We'll get to that in a minute. But we actually really beefed up the music thing because this is a really good era of music. Yeah. Uh, we felt yeah. like what's happening in music this year is worth talking about and shining a spotlight on from the angle that Relevant looks at it. You know, we feel like, you know, the way, you know, what Relevant covers is broader than just culture and stuff or just faith. We feel because of our name that God, our faith is relevant to all aspects of our life. So there is a God conversation as it applies to career or there's God is relevant to justice. God is relevant to, you know, all the things that you find in the magazine. God God is relevant to these issues, or and so there's a unique conversation we have. Well, God is relevant to culture, and we feel like looking at music. Um, you know, we we've we've been asked over the last 13 years, kind of like, I don't get it. Are you guys spotlighting Christians in music, <laughs> or are you like, I I don't quite get what you're doing. And and really, I write my column about this. There's three things we look at. We feel like God speaks outside of the four walls of the church and inside the four walls of the church. And so one of the things we're doing is kind of looking at culture to see what God's saying. I mean, like kind of chew the meat, spit out the bones, but like listen to what's happening out there yeah. uh, from a spiritual standpoint. We love to shine the spotlight on that, whether it's a Christian artist or not, we think that is a thing worth talking about. Two, we love finding the believers who are out there engaging and creating culture and creating great art. And we want to shine a spotlight on that. Uh, and then thirdly, we feel like uh, what we love to look at is the stuff that's coming, the next wave stuff, the stuff that's innovating, making a difference. I'm not that interested in stuff that's mass and popular and common. I'm interested in kind of where things are going because I think Christians should be engaged and plugged into that because we should be culture creators. We should be in sync with where things are going. And so if somebody's making art that is significant or innovative or different or impacting, I want to talk to them. I want to talk to them about creativity. I want to talk to them about kind of like what they're seeing. I want to see the world through their eyes, whether or not they're necessarily a faith connection, I think it's interesting that we engage those people. Yeah. So in that light, our music coverage this issue kind of shines a spotlight on all three of those things. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's there's a there's a artist like Laney in in the issue who's a great you know indie uh, pop band indie rock band from L.A. that uh, we and shine a spotlight on. And these guys yeah right and th <laughs> these guys are believers and it's fun yeah. to like. You know, like give give a spotlight to them, and they're making great music. Mm -hmm. Lauren Daigle's in there, you know, who's who is making music for the church, but it's phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, we want to shine a spotlight on that. But then there's also a lot of art like Borns, who's on our cover, that's making great new music, and is part of a new wave of stuff that's worth talking about yeah. and uh, and exploring. And so uh, the the music section is a lot of fun for me every year. But this one, what's happening this year in music is really significant, we think, and so we wanted to yeah. beef it up a little bit. Absolutely, and I, I think it was a ton of fun. And as we were taking you know deeper dives into the music coming out music that just came out looking at some of some of what these new artists are doing was really exciting and to your point borns was one of them who really stands out yeah yeah i, I the, the thing that i like about a lot of the artists that are covered this year is that uh you know not only are they ones that are really shaping culture and really having an impact and influence with their art and creativity but just like on a personal level all of them are the type of artists that if you're hanging out with people and it comes on on your playlist people are gonna people literally stop and ask and go who is that who is this playing right now mm -hmm. like it's that caliber of artists which is really fun to cover especially 
especially for if we're introducing them to readers for the first time. You know, like Borns or or Laney. Some of the, some of these people. Literally, I've been at get-togethers where it where at a party or something, and it comes on, and the room stops to like talk about how great the music is that's played. It's really fun to be able to introduce some of these artists uh, for the first time to readers. So we have we have our music, the Sound of Music uh, mm-hmm. uh, 2016 uh, kind of overview, which is a roundtable mm-hmm. with uh, artists and uh, music critics and um, producers that we you know we gather an interesting eclectic group table. every year yeah. and uh, talking about what they're excited about, what they're seeing in trends and music. And that's always fun. We spotlight a bunch of different artists, and then we have features on, like we said, Borns. So so you you heard Borns like uh, I think right before Slices, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but. One of the ones that I'm really excited about is the feature we did with Gallant, that Dargan, Dargan interviewed um, him. And we just heard it here on the show. That what Gallant is part of in music is the thing that I'm most excited about. It, he, you know, he's a guy coming from the alt R&B side who's touring with Sufjan, making songs with Sufjan. It's kind of like blurring genre, right? Yeah. Um, he's part of a wave, though. I mean, that's happening right now. I think... What's interesting is like, okay, you have Troy Savon, you have, um, you know, Mike Snow even a little bit. I mean, he's a more electric, electric pop, but I mean, um, uh, Jack Garrett just yeah. came out or Ma- uh, Magic Jordan. Um, there's uh, Anderson Pac. These guys that are making music that, I mean, you, I guess you could call it all R&B. I guess you call it electronic pop indie. I, you, there's no genre for it. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like, it's great music, and I love that they're pulling kind of like great melody from the pop side. They're pulling great kind of electronic moments in there. They're pulling like the soul from R and B. They're like, and they're blurring it all into this unique new thing that's happening right now. And I love yeah. that Gallant's in here because Wade and Wade and Gold is like unbelievable, unreal. Yeah, yeah, and so much fun. I mean, it's something that can only happen now. I think even even in my conversation with Gallant, it kind of came out that you know five years ago producers were telling him like you don't fit in a genre so we don't want you Hmm. um but now he can make the music and it makes it so much more open to creativity and i think that kind of is bleeding into like worship music as well like when i listened to lauren daigle i the first time i heard one of her songs i didn't even think like oh that's definitely a worship song i heard it and i was like this is an awesome song and then i looked it up and i was like oh and and it's talking about god that's awesome yeah Yeah, i agree (laughs) the the democratization of music i mean the the access Mm -hmm. i think both it's influencing. I wrote. I mentioned this in my column, but like I think like the artists that are coming out now. You know, I mean, Troy Sivan's twenty, Gallant's young. I mean, they they don't know anything any different than all music is completely available to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so coming up, like you got your goths, you got your hip hoppers, you right. got your you know whatever, yeah, and like, like caste you, system. You, yeah, and so that's the music you know, right? You yeah. know that genre, and you that's what you buy. Those are the shows you go to, and now there's like. You don't have to be limited to that. If you want to like explore like, you know, blues, you can do that in a night. You can like dive deep into new wave. You can dive, you know, and like it's yeah. all there. It's all free and whatever. And so I think these artists that are coming up, they're drawing from a lot of wells. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm defined by this and I'll like evolve this genre. I mean, that to them, it's almost like we're post-denomination, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like if it's a good church, it's a good church, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. so like, I feel like that's what they're doing with music. And so like that's in their DNA. But then like Dargan's saying, like they can get it out now. Yeah. I don't yeah. have to be locked to a radio format. I don't have to be locked to a specific scene. I can just put it out there and good people are connecting with good music in a completely new way and tastemakers. There's a lot more of, you know, there's people that will promote great art 
outside of like genre restrictions, mm-hmm. including us. And that's so cool. So people are discovering it. And so now artists like Gallant have a pathway. So their influences are different. They're fundamentally different than in the past. And now there's a way to get it out differently. Well, and, their, the and their process has completely changed. Because like you say, with the democratization of music, it's also the democratization of recording and producing music. Yeah. So you, in the last five to ten years, you've seen this huge shift of artists not having to need to go to a producer to interpret what they think they're trying to achieve. People like Gallant can sit down with a buddy and make Weight and Gold in three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it's done and on iTunes in a four days. Right. Well, you know? well that, that's the cool thing about what I feel like the, this you know music section has done. Because the culmination of those things is the culmination of... You know, young artists who didn't grow up going into like a CD store and seeing, well, here's the R&B section, here's the hip hop section, here's the alternative section. It's totally blurred lines creativity, but also, like you said, seeing the culmination of that, and it's this culture shifting uh, moment, and we get to highlight a lot of the people right at the forefront on it of it, which I think is really cool and made for a great section. Yeah, uh, Cage the Elephant is in the issue. Rend Collective uh, has a feature in the issue. Like we said, Gallant, uh, Borns, and then the the Music Guide. It's a lot of fun if you like music at all, or even if you don't, even if you're not really into music, this is a great like entry point, you know, like we kind of give you an overview of like kind of music that you should pay attention to this year. Um, but like I said, uh, the mu- uh, the rest of the issue is kind of what you would expect from Relevant. Uh, do you guys, like what stood out to you? What were some of your favorite moments from the issue? I really liked our story about fear oh, and oh, yeah. the, the climate of fear that's going on globally, especially as the, you know, there's this collision point of different worldviews and values and religions. Uh, but one thing that you know the without giving too much of the story away but it talks about the christian posture and all of this because especially during political season where you know fear is such a powerful motivator and is and is used frequently to try to sway people in one ideological direction or the other you know christians are called to have a different mindset about fear i really loved it. i thought the timing of it was perfect i felt like the message of it uh, uh, was challenging and it was an interesting fun read the way it was put together like it compelled me first word to last I, that was one, probably one of my favorite features we did this issue yeah um, I also really liked the piece we did on Chad Veach and the G tattoo that was crazy um, so a bunch of celebrities have been getting tattoos of a G in different formats um, like just, the- Justin Bieber yeah. uh, PGA golfer Ricky Fowler Tyson Chandler Haley Baldwin yeah, um, and kind of Selena Gomez and celebrity news has been watching this. Like, what is this? Why do all these different celebrities have a G? Yeah. Um, so we talked to Chad Veach about the story behind it. His daughter um, got diagnosed with a brain disease, and he is doing work in LA and has become friends with all of these different big celebrities, and they're supporting his daughter by getting mm. this tattoo. Um, it's a really cool story because it kind of highlights his family, but then also the work that he's doing and the opportunities that that has opened up because he's yeah. in LA and Chad Veach is uh, he just he's a pastor of Zoe Church in LA he's he was Judah Smith's youth pastor for a bit up in uh, Seattle so yeah. he's like plugged into the Judah Smith Carl Lentz world and stuff yeah. and ministering to all these people and he was up at Hillsong New York he tells the story that, that how it happened he was ministering up at Hillsong New York and told the story of his daughter and um, one of the guys came up to him after the service he was really moved and he said I'm gonna be praying for her every day and I'm gonna go get a tattoo to remind me every day to pray for her. and Chad goes you know what 
okay, if you're going to do that, I'm in, I'm in too. I will do it with you. Mm. And then he got it. And then all of his friends saw it. And then it just kind of keeps snowballing. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and the, the story in the magazine is just so moving and so unexpected. It was, yeah, absolutely. It was really yeah. cool. Well, and I, I think it's just a, Chad as being a great example right now of living by faith. I mean, the diagnosis that his daughter received is just devastating. Yeah. You know, they basically have news that his daughter will never um, basically do more than sit up you know, for the rest of her life. And life expectancy isn't long. And they've been such an example. Now he said he's got people. He said he found a flock, his words, of teenage girls came up to him in a mall somewhere in Texas or something. And they like all had the GTAT. No. And they were like, we know who you are and we pray for Gigi every day. Wow. It's his daughter, Gigi. Um, you know, how crazy is that? Yeah. 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 It's unreal. Um, my, my favorite thing was the piece, the interview that we had with the Oscar winning director, Alejandro. Inyaritu. 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 Dang Inyaritu. it. So There's close. all these tildes and things like, I don't know. It's, you were close. We'll give, you get a B plus. In, in if there's Yaritu. one thing I know, it's how to pronounce this one name. Yeah. Alejandro Inyaritu. Yeah. Uh, he is the director of Birdman. He won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. up for, uh, right now, he was the director of The Revenant. Yeah. We'll know uh, in two days. It won't, yeah. So depending on when you listen to this show, <laughs> he's either a two-time back-to-back. Which would only be the third a Drake ever. style. Yeah. The third ever director to back-to-back best Or... He's still an Oscar-winning director because of last year. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, we sat down and talked to him. Here's what was so exciting to me about it. I mean, The Revenant was crazy. I saw it because I thought I was seeing a movie about Relevant. But, right. Um, you and I, everyone else, Cameron. We thought very, it was a hit piece. We were all very angry. confused. Yeah. I, I went in there defensive. I do not remember the bear attack. No, no, no. It took us a while to realize that the movie wasn't about Relevant. Yeah. And once we realized Hey, Jesus that, talked in parable form. That's what I thought it was about. Him. Yeah. I thought it was an unusual take on a biopic. You know, yeah. whatever. Okay, anyway. No, what he talked about, and this was fascinating to me is that there's an intense and intentional spiritual element to his films. Right. You know, and for him to like really unpack that and talk to that about us and you you all of a sudden look at Birdman and The Revenant mm-hmm. kind of differently because yeah. of the perspective that he gives it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So if, you, if you've seen Birdman and especially The Revenant, there's an earthiness and a grittiness and what he would call a very humaneness to all of the characters and all of the scenes and all of the scenarios. And that's kind of what he's interested in. Where, where does humanity and spirituality mix? So what does it do to people's identities when their humanity is stretched in these different ways? And these two movies that we're talking about, very different in the way it's applied, but there's definitely a theme running through that. And what he told us, and this is what's so interesting, is that's kind of where he's at spiritually. So he characterizes mm. himself as a spiritual person, but it all has that intense connection to um, uh, humanity. And so pre- he ex- articulates in terms of presence and being uh, aware of what's around him and these kind of things. And so the way he views the world uh, as a spiritual person, quote unquote, uh, comes out in his films in a big way. And yeah. the, the extent to which he was uh, transparent with us and honest and talking about his faith and what he believes was was really, I think, rare and super interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'll just say this. I mean, we, we set out to do this like, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. You create this thing, this platform. And, and we feel like it's intentional, like the purpose of this thing, relevant, is to give voice to things that aren't being told elsewhere. Yeah. You know, like what God's doing in this generation or seeing things that God's doing in culture, talking to a specific person who, you know, is wired a specific way, you know, to go change the world or live, live intentionally and uh, make an impact. But like the thing that excites me is that this conversation we were able to have with him isn't a conversation another platform would have had with him. Yeah. So when yeah, at the end of the day, when we were able to have that and we, it was literally unpacking a spiritual truth yeah. in a cultural moment mm-hmm. and that like the God conversation, the, 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 the discernment or the, you know, the thing that it, 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 it kind of illuminated is significant mm-hmm. yeah. and it would have been totally 
not known otherwise. And I'm so happy and proud and like really humble that we're able to give voice to those conversations, man. Yeah. I mean, like we don't get to do it every time, but when when it all comes together and you've yeah. got this significant art made with a specific kind yeah. of like intentionality and a, and a man who can give voice to it or a person who can give voice to it, like, man, yeah, it is like, it brings me alive. That brings me so much joy that we're able to give voice to that. And I was, I was blown away by that piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a great because piece. He, you look at his place in culture right now. I can't remember a filmmaker in back-to-back years who has created something stylistically, but also intellectually, that has shaken culture to the point that his films have two years in a row. I mean, it's really his two movies are the movies that are being talked about the most two years in a row. That's an incredible feat, and it's a, yeah, like you're saying, it's a privilege to be able to talk to them, and especially in an angle that other uh, in a conversation that other people aren't having. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, he's really the movie Drake. You know, he's <laughs> he he's is. the filmmaking Drake. He's yeah. the back to back. He started from the bottom. Now he's here. <laughs> There's a lot more in the issue. Uh, Rafi is a great humor piece. The nine people who. Definitely went to your childhood yeah, church. Yeah, Rob's great. Um, there's, there's a bunch more in the Jesse issue. wrote a piece about making friends as an adult. That's I true. did. That was a lot of fun. A long-term I, personal I, struggle. And the cool <laughs> thing, I got to talk to a lot of like people who are experts in the field. Uh, and that was... A, I, I talked to someone who is uh, like an etiquette ec- expert and particularly in small talk like that's her whole she's written a couple of best-selling books about that so it was really fun to unpack something like making friends as an adult which a lot of people as you see in the, the piece research shows is, is a big problem but to talk to people from uh that are thinking about it from a lot of different angles yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there's a ton in the magazine. You can get it now. It's on newsstands on March 1st. You can also get it in the app stores, uh, both iTunes and Google Play for your tablet. Um, and if you go to relevantmagazine.com, you can subscribe, uh, and, and it's only a buck a month. You get six print issues sent to your house. You get uh, instant access to the, on, uh, the tablet editions, and you get access to the entire 10-year-plus archive on relevantmagazine.com, yeah. all the magazine content. You should absolutely do it. And, yeah. and we think you like the magazine, and we would really love the support. You know, honestly... <laughs> You listen to the podcast. This is actually the thing that pays most of our bills is yeah. the magazine <laughs> and makes this all possible. If you like the podcast, support the magazine. Head over to realmagazine.com and subscribe now. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay. Well, stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Listening to Lauren Daigle. The song is My Revival. She's also in the new issue of Relevant. Yeah, it's a really great. It's a album. good theme. I like that. That you did that uh I'm so I'm so smart. Podcast. So it's all tie and cross yeah. cross pollination. That's how we do it. Synergy. <laughs> Uh, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you, we were looking ahead to Oscars.biz. And so we asked you, what category should be included in this year's Oscars.biz Awards? Uh, you guys sent in a bunch of good suggestions. So here's We're going to read some of them to you now. Yeah. We're going to tell you some of the suggestions that came in. But here's the deal. We're not going to tell you which one made the cut. Booyah. Because you got to go over to Oscars.biz and see That's for yourself. Right. Mystery. There you go. And vote while you're there. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, you guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You also hit us up on Twitter. 
here's a few of our favorites. This is one that, Eddie, I apologize, but I do not think it's going to make it this year. But it is the Toby Mac Powell Award for Best Vocal Performance by Eddie Big Cat Koffoltz. Mm, <laughs> might be uh, nice, though. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe we could do this one live, actually. <laughs> I don't see how people would vote. Bring, but, my, but, bring my guitar, do a few ditties, and see where well, we that's land. that's what they said. It's vocal rendition of Dave Matthews, oh, DC yeah. Talk, Third Day, Cats, the musical. I think that would be a great little interlude well, where yeah. it's just like one of those musical midway yeah. show mashups where you're just singing things. Okay, you're thinking it's a mashup. I'm thinking he's he's the music breaks in between between into the commercials <laughs> for the whole show. Oh, that's a great idea okay. as well. Sort of like the house band. And you know what we can do is because I do that every week anyhow. Just don't edit them out this time. <laughs> right. I, just, I already did four of them today, but you <laughs> right. never heard them. Yeah. Yeah, that might be nice. Four sophomore temp tracks and cut. No, get over it with your band. They're done. You get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that there's something. There's something around this one. I don't want to. I want to tease the show a little bit. Right. Uh, but but if you like this idea, then come check it out. Go either way. But uh, uh, my. <laughs> Michael said uh, that, you know, obviously we try to get overly political here, but he, he thinks that they absolutely need the most ridiculous thing said by Donald Trump category. I will say that that specific thing isn't a category, but if you're looking at for ridiculous things said by Donald Trump, uh, other presidential candidates and other pop culture figures who've said some hilarious things, then you may be in for a treat. Can I, can I make a bold prediction? Yes. Please clap. Makes an appearance. That is a that is an accurate prediction. <laughs> that was the best. I don't want to give too many spoilers yeah, away. No spoilers. Yeah. Uh, our friend Beth Larder said an Oscars category: old people who are over it, just not having it. I like that. <laughs> That's just funny. Cranky, cranky little category. Yeah. It, it, another piece of feedback that doesn't pertain to Oscars, but I feel like we should note is that Josh said he linked to an article from an interview with the actor Jay Jackson, who plays Bert Hapley, and evidently, because we had a conversation about how he shows up in different shows as a newscaster, he once was a real newscaster and will only play newscasters on Funny. TV. <laughs> That's awesome. That guy rules. So, a little shout out to the perverts out yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there. Yeah, there's not a reason to keep reading these because... You don't give it away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can head over to oscars.biz to see the ones that made the cut. All right. It's time for this week's... Editorial question of the week. Well, yesterday night, which is actually tomorrow night. Right. So this podcast comes out on Friday. Thursday night, the previous mm-hmm. evening, uh, the Orlando Magic are playing the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. You all probably, you all do know what happened. Yeah. I'm assuming we lose by 50. Uh, but <laughs> great fan. <laughs> one one guy is there on the sidelines with a meme shirt. Yeah, and uh, and uh, anyway, it got us thinking. I need some material. If yeah. this is going to be my thing, I got to show up to at least half the games wearing a custom uh, saying T-shirt. You know, no, you got to be at all the games. Oh, it's yeah. like I no mean, deviation. I, I think at worst you repeat one. Okay. But I don't think you ever show up not on one. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah, worst I case agree. scenario is you didn't get a chance to, you you're, you know, right. throwback I, Thursday or something. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you got the Orlando Magic hat. You have the kind of like warm-up jacket option. You have the Orlando Magic t-shirt option. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going black and white saying t-shirts right. with maybe a hat or yes. maybe the jacket. But yeah, never. But always it's a black no and more, white shirt. No more Magic uh, t-shirts. Yeah. From okay. now on. So right. I just need clever sayings. Now, are they all sports related or do they also make commentary about uh, pop culture? I.e., is there a shirt that I wear to a game that says, please clap? Right. Or like little things about your parents. 
(laughs) right or or just really (laughs) or or, or subtle psychological you know subtle things that psychologically damaged you at the hands of your parents i mean you can go any direction i was thinking that it would all be magic related stuff or nba related stuff things like that because that makes sense in that setting yeah how about i am a podcast celebrity how embarrassed would you be? Just I would what? be mortified. Gosh, that is a bet to be made someday. Yes. <laughs> like if we are ever in something, that is the bet. I am a podcast and you got to wear, you got to wear it in the little lounge. You got no jacket. You just could walk around and people say, oh, cool. A podcast. You're on. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. I would be so mortified. You ever met Mark Maron? Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, <laughs> okay. I, but I, yeah, I think across the spectrum, sports. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see where they, I want to see the direction they take this thing. So yeah. it's, it's it is memes then it's yeah, memes, memes. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah a visual shirt memes Cameron yeah. is wearing it I'm it's a on walking the si- meme. it's on the sideline of a magic game mm-hmm. and it you know it probably can't be two paragraphs yeah no it's gotta be uh, yeah. se- six like quick, words or less yeah quick hits yeah. Just yeah. Like, Cam- meme. Cameron Strang putting the me in memes since 2016 you're gonna do hey, it hey I got, I got this one. is a good one because you can kinda be living out loud with it is a breadcrumb and fish oh that might be nice <laughs> God's gym, living out loud. Oh yeah, <laughs> Caruso nice Apparel, uh, the big booth at the Christian retail industry show every summer. Yeah, my boss is a is a Jewish carpenter. Body piercing <laughs> saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in case well, of rapture, this shirt will be unmanned. Here, you can have it. Awesome. Oh. I do want to throw a real idea by you though that you have a ready to go shirt with you in case a scenario ever happens, like if Shaq shows up to a game. You know what I mean? Mm. Like oh. you have a shirt ready that's responsive to Shaq being there. Like right. something about him. Ready? Are you saying like he's wearing like three shirts? Like no, under I think like you get a little satchel with you or something, or you just have it. No man person. Yeah, yeah, a little something that has a shirt. Because can I leave it in the car and just run out there real quick if I see him? Shaq? Yeah, that would work. Well, then out. you can have a couple in the car, so then you could actually. Open I could actually up. just I, keep boxes of them in yeah. the car. I don't want to make this too complex for you, but I feel like that's a real can great you moment. Imagine if I had second half commentary. Like I ran out to the car at halftime yeah. and I right. had a shirt that comments on something that happened in the first half you, you, that yeah, would be nice yeah, you have to now or now when dwight to. if you know dwight's coming back you obviously you got to wear smack shirts about dwight oh man you know yeah. stuff like that yeah so so you're saying like you're having like a mini screen press thing in your trunk no no, just, no no i'm i gotta pre-plan these but you know what i could do i make them about the opponent that's what it is yeah i make mm-hmm. them you know about a dwight howard shirt yeah. i make yeah 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 that makes sense because you can or, pre-plan that yeah or, i mean they can be because your one that you're wearing this week is perfect yeah aaron gordon was robbed yeah it's right. timely yeah. everybody thinks it they'll know exactly yeah. what i'm talking about yeah we okay can, so yeah. hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast or you can post your ideas on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and i'll, I'll probably make them I mean, spreadshirt's cheap, so... <laughs> you, got a, you got enough shirts to make. We, yeah. We're going to need uh, ideas. Yeah. We need a lot yeah. of ideas. I mean, there's 41 home games. I mean, not left. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I got a plan for next year. Okay. Uh, many thanks to Gallant. Yeah. Make sure to check out his feature in the new issue of Relevant coming out this week. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Thanks also to our sponsors for supporting the show. Uh, go over to collegeplus.org slash relevant and check out the starter kit that they have for college hacking. I think that's uh, cool. Avoid going into debt with student loans. You can cut the time it'll take to earn your degree in half. You can earn six credits in just two weeks for a hundred bucks. Awesome. Also, thanks to HelloFresh for $35 off your first week of deliveries. Visit HelloFresh.com and enter relevant when you subscribe. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash relevant, where there are extracts of this week's show. And if you're on Spotify, check out our official verified playlist. Just search relevant. You'll see all the music there. And don't forget, get the magazine at relevantmagazine.com. You can uh, subscribe today. It's just a buck a month. And if you subscribe now, I 
pretty sure you'll get the brand new issue that you heard about today on the show. Uh, the issue is also available at newsstands nationwide. And if you're on a tablet, Android, or iPad, uh, they were right there in the uh, app stores as well. The uh, iPad is the best thing we do. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffel. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Carey. For Sean and Equist, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. At this point, I can't see Joy's dad, but I can feel the regret that he has.